Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And a very good Friday morning to you as we welcome you along to Cork today. Uh, We're just getting word in and we're trying to get confirmation on it that the Taoiseach may do his address to the nation at 12 o'clock today, midday today. Now, as I say, we're waiting on confirmation on it. And obviously, if he does, uh, we'll bring you as much of a live feed from that as possible because everybody is waiting with bated breath to see what's going to happen and we'll end any of the restrictions be uh, lifted. I mean, the Irish Examiner are today leading with the story that Ireland must find a new way of living as the severe restrictions on personal freedom are expected to be extended when the Taoiseach speaks uh, today. Now, the Cabinet is to sign off this morning on the expected extension of the COVID-19 lockdown. So they are meeting at some stage this morning. Now, whether that could be wrapped up in time for the Taoiseach to address the nation at 12 or not I don't know my my gut instinct told me it was going to be 4 o'clock this afternoon because we know that the Taoiseach is going to appear on the late late this evening and obviously he's going to get into more detail and explain the proposed pathway out of the crisis because it seems they have a plan in place we spoke about it during the week that it's going to be over a phased basis and I think people just need to get more information on that and and I think some kind of a timeline we were talking in the office for example this morning about holidays and taking time off in the in the summertime and it was Sadie actually was bringing it up saying do you think I'll be able to travel outside of Cork you know get away on a staycation I mean none of us are expecting to be going overseas certainly this year but just maybe to get to another part of the country have a little bit of a holiday uh, somewhere and she said do you think I'll be able to go when, when would I be able to go away and we we're saying would you be able to do it in July would you be able to do it in August so I think even if Leo could give us some idea today on when the restrictions, particularly the restrictions around movement and when we can go, say, 100 kilometres away from where we live, people then will have some idea of what way the summer is going to turn out like and be able to make some kind of plans. Now, whether he's going to give us that kind of detail or not, I don't know. Only time will tell. But it has been made very, very clear by, I think, both Leo Varadkar and Dr Tony Houlihan that the country, we are simply not ready yet to have all of the restrictions uh, lifted. There seems there was a desperate and direct plea made by several government ministers at what's been described in the examiner as a passionate and robust meeting yesterday to the chief medical officer to in particular to try to relax some of the rules and regulations particularly for the over 70s who have been cocooning. Dr Tony Houlihan warned against relaxing restrictions saying any changes could put the country's intensive care facility into difficulty and he's, his advice now is that we shouldn't lift 
any of the restrictions, he said. The stepwise plan for lifting restrictions will be announced in three week intervals to monitor the spread of the uh, virus. And if you think about it, we're coming out of a three-week, because some people are expecting that what's going to be announced is going to be over two weeks, but Tony Houlihan wants it to be over three weeks. So anything that gets announced today would remain in place for three weeks and then we'd be back in three weeks' time waiting for the Taoiseach again to make another announcement that would then run for another three weeks and on and on it would go until we get out of the crisis. Yesterday, 43 people sadly died, bringing our total number of COVID-19 related deaths in this country to 1,232, which is a um, a shocking, shocking and such a sad, sad uh, figure. And workplaces will, this is the Independent are leading with this, that workplaces will be closed down for breaches of social distancing under plans being considered by the government to reopen the economy. It's emerged that the state will police businesses to ensure that they're not putting customers, either they're not putting employees at any risk of infection. And it seems it's the Health and Safety Authority, the HSA, they'll be given new powers. They'll be able to inspect and close down workplaces if they do not comply with guidelines and those guidelines will be published soon and that's all to do with the reopening of uh, businesses when the lockdown actually ends and uh, I think with that in mind it'll be a lot to do with shops and how social distancing uh, will be how it will be put into small shops I mean I think they're doing it's doing it seems to be doing pretty well in the larger supermarkets I mean certainly anywhere that where I have been uh, there's, you know, we're queuing outside a supermarket to get in. And then when we get in, I think people are being very good about respecting other people's space and everyone are making sure that they're staying within the two metres, you know, when you're inside in the shop. So, I mean, I think if uh, people are, are, are doing their bit on that, so long may that uh, continue. But whether that same thing we're going to be able to put that in place for the smaller shops. Only time will tell. And then Irish geriatricians, they're understood to have been consulted by the HSC and a majority of the specialists who care for older people are in favour of advising that over 70s, the ones who are cocooning, that they should be able to go for at least a walk once a day. The views are expected to be fed into that meeting today with the National Public Health Emergency Team. And that's the one that's the meeting that will be had with Leo Varadkar and the rest of the senior ministers on what kind of relaxation there can be of any of the restrictions. It's understood that geriatricians have urged that the physical and mental health benefits would outweigh the risk of a walk and stay safe guidelines could be put in place. And I know one one leading professor in, in geriatrology, a lady by the name of Dr. Rose Ann Kenny, she's a professor at Trinity College in uh, Dublin. She suggested that there could be a dedicated period of the day where people who are asked to cocoon could safely go out. And like she was recommending that the period between 12 noon and 2pm daily, she said there would need to be a window to allow them to feel safe and comfortable to go out and the idea would be that everyone would know between 12 and 2pm that's the time when the cocooners are out and about and that other people would be asked to try to respect that period and don't be going out particularly like to parks or if people live near beaches just to avoid those areas to allow the older people to go out safely so that they wouldn't be meeting up and they wouldn't be uh, meeting other members of the public and they'd be able to do all of the social distancing but I think the one thing that is really sort of 
getting to me about the restrictions and the lifting of the restrictions. I think we've all played ball and I know there was a survey out yesterday showing, I think it was something like 89% of people say yes, they're abiding by the stay at home, the the regulations that were put in place and they're only going out when it's absolutely necessary. They're only going out if they have an essential job and that they're only going to the shops you know, they're not out of the shops every day. They're limiting their, the amount of times at the shops and they're only going for the for essential shopping trips or medical appointments or whatever. And like to hear a survey say 90% of people are doing it, that's good. And I think in the main, people are good and people are being respectful of the social distancing and uh, all of that. So we've all done our bit. And if you think back when these stricter regulations were put in place, we were told we'd all need to abide by it until the 5th of May and then we would be able to lift a lot of those restrictions because testing and proper testing would be in place and the testing the model that we were told we would need in this country was we would need 100,000 tests a week they were saying once we can get to the stage that we can carry out 100,000 tests then we'll be able to ease the restrictions because we'll be able to test people quickly and get the results back so I think everybody bought into that and we all said okay we'll do our bit for this three week period and then we'll come to the end of it and proper testing will be in place but we've come to the end of the three week period where you know 90% of us are doing our bit only to be told that the testing isn't available and now you know we're being told it's going to be mid-May before we'll get to 100,000 tests a week can be carried out I think this week for example we were at 42,000 tests which is still a lot more than what we were at three weeks ago when we started these stricter restrictions I think we were down to about 7,000 tests a week I think it was as low as that but we're still not even halfway to where we should be and that's a bit annoying because you or I and the people who are cocooning and everybody else who's trying to abide by the rules and regulations there's nothing we can do to get those tests up and uh, running so I really do hope what they're now saying that it will be mid-May in two weeks time I hope I will be back here on the radio announcing that we are at the stage where we are doing 100,000 tests a week and therefore more of the restrictions can be lifted. The idea would be that if we were able to do 100,000 tests a week, they, we would get a wider span of the population and that would we would be able to ensure then proper surveillance of the disease because obviously if we can test people quicker, contact tracing obviously would have to be matched so that you know, as I mentioned during the week, what we need to get to is almost real time time testing. You show with symptoms, you immediately give the list of people, even before you get the test, you lead, immediately give the list of people who you've been in close contact with for the last week or whatever the time period is on contact tracing and everybody gets tested on that day and then, you know, you would have the results back. I would even say, I would even allow for 24 hours to have the results back but people then can know one way or the other, yes, you need to you need to isolate you are COVID positive and know the person that you were closest to or your work colleague or whoever you were with or your partner your son your daughter whoever you were living with they're all okay they're COVID-19 negative and, and that's the stage that we need to get to There, even though you know while people are saying we're not where we should be let's try and look at the little bits of good news in the midst of it all I mean the Health Minister Simon Harris yesterday said that more than three and a half thousand lives have been saved by the lockdown so far. And, we, you know, we can all pat ourselves on the back for that. I mean, three and a half thousand 
families, extra families would have been devastated if we hadn't gone with the lockdown. So, I mean, that's a kind of a a piece of uh, good news. And the lockdown measures stopped the disease in its tracks. I mean, the numbers admitted to hospital had peaked at 900. Now, they're still at around 730. There's around 30 to 40 people admitted daily, but the hospital is well able to cope with that. If nursing homes and healthcare workers are excluded, then there are around 100 to 200 new cases of the virus being detected in the wider population. So it's the nursing homes and the healthcare workers that we now, and that's where the focus is at the moment. And even when you do a breakdown of the deaths, I mean, we're at 1,232 deaths. But if you dig in deeper into those figures, 735 deaths from the virus were in community and residential facilities. So well over half of the people that died so far were either in a community residential facility or in a nursing home. And then of the, when you break down that 735, 630 were in nursing homes, so a little under 100 was in a residential uh, setting. And the deaths in nursing homes now accounts for 51% of all of the deaths from the disease. So that's where the big focus is at the moment. There's 219 clusters in nursing homes, but there was no increase in on, on Wednesday. So that does really does look like everything that needs to be done for the nursing homes and for the residential settings has been done and if we can now get we've got good control in the wider population we need to now stop it spreading inside in our nursing homes and then again trying to go through the papers in the morning and try and find the good news stories just to give us all some kind of hope I think we, you know, we must never ever give up on hope trials of a drug developed to treat Ebola virus which may now have a role to play in battling COVID-19 has been described as encouraging by the infectious disease uh, professional Paddy Malam. The preliminary results, it's a a US government sponsored trial involved a thousand patients um, have showed signs that the drug Remdesivir may have a role to play in fighting the pandemic. The drug was developed by Gillard Science, which have, uh, they are here in Cork. I don't know if they were developed here in Cork or not, but they, they certainly are one of the pharma companies here in Cork. The trial found that hospitalised patients with advanced COVID-19 recovered faster with this Remdesivir than patients who were in the placebo or the control uh, group. And uh, Dr Anthony Fauci, who we all have gotten to know and love I think from the press briefings with uh, Donald Trump Trump. he's very excited about it and uh, he's saying that it really is good news and you know people are making the point that when Dr Fauci comes out and starts praising this drug because he's a man who is so so well respected around the world that this is a man that we really have to, to listen to. Seemingly it was it was doing so well in the controlled environment in the States with the 1,000 patients that they, they realised very quickly that people were recovering and recovering quicker, the ones that were on the Remdesivir, that what they decided to do was they pulled the people from the placebo and started giving them this drug instead and it's a drug that has been used to uh, control e- Ebola. So that's one to watch and that's now I know it's still early days but like it just gives us a little bit of a, uh, of a treatment because until we wait for a, a vaccination 
the, the, the other thing we need to do uh, while we know that the virus, we're living with the virus, is to get a treatment for the virus while we await a vaccine. And on vaccines, results from the vaccine trial in the UK are expected by mid-June. This is the one that we spoke about that's going on in Oxford University. Several hundred people have been vaccinated and the challenge now is to be able to manufacture at scale. That's once the vaccine is approved by regulators. But there seems to be, early, now it's very, very early on that because they've really only started that vaccine. Uh, but they are very, very hopeful that that vaccine trial coming out, and that's only one of a number of vaccine trials, but it's the one that's closest to us, I suppose, here in Ireland. It's the one we're keeping the closest eye on, the one out of Oxford University. A couple of people have asked me to play requests. Patricia, would you play a request? Uh, just say hello to my mother, who is cocooning, and that's Kitty Murphy of Mount Eden Rise in Blarney Street. She listens to you every morning. Packy, her loving son, wants to say hi. So hi to Kitty Murphy, Mount Eden Rise in Blarney Street. Hope the cocooning is going well for you. Kitty, stay strong. And a lady who has a very special uh, birthday today is Margaret Crowley, who is celebrating her 100th birthday today. She's described as the Queen of Court McSherry and everyone in Court Mac wants to wish Margaret the very, very best on her birthday. No doubt something special will be planned today, even from a distance. And I'm sure when all of this pandemic crisis is over, Margaret, there will be a big, big party planned for you. And Aidan O'Connor is celebrating his birthday today and his mam, dad, Lorraine, Declan, Ashleen, Hayden and Lisa were all on wanting to wish him the very best. Happy birthday to you. That is Aidan uh, O'Connor. OK, just very quickly, some of your thoughts coming in. Aldi and Little and the amount of people that were queuing yesterday for the garden furniture and Little have come out and apologised uh, saying that they weren't expecting so many people to turn out, but they did make the point that they planned this garden furniture sale a year in advance. It wasn't planned to coincide with the pandemic, uh, obviously. And I'm assuming with so many people at home during the crisis, so many people are gardening, people saw the opportunity of buying this nice furniture and there was barbecues and fire pits uh, for sale, very reasonably priced uh, as well. And of course, garden centres are closed and, and hardware shops, places where you would normally go to buy these items. People can't get access to them. So I think that just added to the number of people who wanted to go go to the Aldis and the Littles all over the country to buy them. And because a lot of people are at home temporarily laid off, they were in a position to get up early and head out to these stores and queues seemingly formed. Because I know yesterday we were talking about it. We had so many people bringing up saying, what's going on at the stores with all of the people queuing? And then we found out it was because of these offers that were on sale. Well, Michael was on to us to say, I was queuing in Lidl yesterday morning, went there to try to get the garden furniture. I arrived at 6.45, so quarter to seven, and the store opens at eight o'clock. Just before eight, a woman with a HSC card, I now Michael presumes a nurse, but we don't know, came up to the door and showed her card and said, please, can I skip the queue? I need to do my shopping. A lady in the queue said to her, are you going in like to do shopping? Shopping, your weekly shopping kind of shopping. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going in to do. Anyway, they went into to the shop. Michael toodlooed in and he said he saw the woman buying the furniture 
she even ended up asking somebody if they could help get the item down from the shelf because they were very, I think they were a two-man lift, I think is what some of them were, were uh, suggesting. Uh, Michael said, who was there with his brother, because he went with somebody else in order to do the lift themselves, couldn't believe it. Now, except somebody can change their mind, but you don't go in to do your shopping and decide, oh, I'll buy a bit of garden furniture when I was in there. Uh, he, he, he certainly wasn't happy. He said many people were there since 6am in the morning. Michael feels that that lady took advantage of our HSC pass. He says, I've got family working in the front line testing people for COVID-19 and I've spoken to them about it and they say they would not dare use their pass in order to get in uh, to get to jump uh, the queue. He also wants to pay respect to all of the workers in Little who had to deal with it. Yesterday was pretty hectic in the store and that was replicated all over the country. And Marie says, Hi Patricia, I hope this message finds you well. I'm very annoyed to hear about the garden furniture for sale in the German retailers. People should cop themselves on. Surely this could not be classed as an essential item. Do people not realise that there's a pandemic going on around us and that people are dying? Also, shame on any HSE workers who would have jumped the queue just to go in to get the uh, furniture. Thanking you and that is from Marie. 1850 We're going to take a break. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Nukta quid denaniha is fari gorkik C103. The Chihuahua store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story, and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions. Email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, which is purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. This is on the Home Helps. Yesterday we had a listener contacted us, and we had a couple of listeners actually contacted us because they've lost their Home Help Um because they've been in many areas they've been suspended uh, so they have been taken away from the home care setting in working with people in their own homes and they've been put into nursing homes and then we started hearing anecdotal stories from people to say that they have their home help is not working they're still waiting to they, well they're not working with them in the house they're waiting to get a call to say what nursing home that they're going to and yesterday we had a woman elderly woman to say her home help popped her head in the window to her because this woman in her 80s is cocooning uh, to say I'm, been, I'm on it's almost like I'm on annual leave I'm being paid to stay at home and I haven't been given 
I don't know where I'm going yet. And many of the home health are saying that they'd like to be still working with their clients and yet they haven't been given uh, new positions, which is the reason that they were taken away from their clients was that they'd be giving new positions uh, working in, say, a local nursing home, for an example. So we got on to the Home Help Division of the HSE to find out what has happened with Home Help's being suspended. Now, it's we're not really getting in it. This isn't really an answer. It's just kind of a, a kind of a generic answer from the HSE, but it's not answering the questions we asked because we asked, we we put very specific questions to them. We asked how many home helps were suspended from working with their clients and how many of them now are working in nursing homes. They've come back and said the criteria used to assess the priority level and needs of people receiving a home support service was consistent across the country. We are working to make sure that those people urgently in need of the service still receive it. We are keeping the situation under constant review and there's been many cases where people have been reassessed and have had their home help service recommenced. Anyone who feels that their circumstances have changed should discuss this with their local service manager. That does not answer the questions that we put in to uh, the HSE. John Paul, can you send that email back again and tell them that, that we want numbers? We want numbers. That's what we're looking for. That was the question uh, that we asked. That frustrates me when we get a kind of a, a generic paste and copy uh, answer. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Let me move to a different issue with a huge drop in traffic volumes. Motor insurance com- companies have come under pressure to issue some type of refund to the policyholder. It comes after similar moves in the US and from one of the leading insurers in Britain. Not everyone is happy though with the level of refunds on offer, including the Consumers Association have accused the industry of giving back too little. Michael Kilcoyne is chairman of the Consumer Association and Michael joins me. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning. Good morning to you. How uh, are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Now, some companies are offering as little as a tenner. Others are suggesting it could be 30 euro. We had Darren from Middleton yesterday saying he received 23 euro from Liberty in insurance. What do you believe would be a fair amount to refund back to policyholders? Well, it, it, it depends, I suppose, on what a person uh, paid in their premium. But, but my view is that... Um, um, there are many people who haven't uh, taken their care out because of what has happened. Uh, they're cocooning. There are, and and I mean, the only liability the insurance company has in these cases is fire and theft for the care. Fire and theft is a very uh, uh, small premium. Mm. Now, these people have been loyal customers of these insurance companies for many years. So I think that, you know, they should be um, uh, taking this into account, but they don't seem to be taking this into account. They're they're continuing to, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, extract whatever they can from the hair press consumer, and uh, I don't think that's fair. And I think uh, um, something like offering offering uh, somebody a uh, tenner or fifteen euro um, is when they're could be two or three months off the road or mightn't have driven their car for two or three months uh, or very little, driven it very little. That's really an insult to the people. It just shows the greed. It shows the greed of the insurance companies. And um, What about the offer of a lower renewal premium? You, you, well, you wouldn't well, agree with that? No, and I'll tell you why I wouldn't agree with that. So uh, supposing they tell you that... that uh, that they'd give you uh, 10% off when you're renewing your premium next year. Yeah. That means you have to use yeah. that same company. Yeah, yeah. I thought the, I thought the same thing. There'd be no shopping around then if you want There'd to get no your temp- yeah. Then, yeah. See? 
uh, and they're uh, making sure they're depriving you of shopping around um, and and uh, it's wrong uh, if, if 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 somebody um is entitled to a refund they should get it and, and by the way uh, it, the same applies as far as I'm concerned in relation to the airlines yeah, we've had so many people contact us. I have to say, Michael, on the uh, about the not getting refunds on on the cancelled uh, flights. Uh, people are finding it difficult, aren't they, to get their money back? Yeah, people are finding it difficult to get th- their money back. But but you've seen the situation where Ireland is now one of the countries that is petitioning the EU to take away the rights of the consumer on the refund. Um. Uh, under EU law, you're entitled to a refund if your flight is cancelled. The Irish government is one of 12 country, countries um, um, who are uh, petitioning the EU to suspend that right so that consumers would have to uh, accept a voucher. Uh, in other words, uh, they're saying uh, in Ireland that uh, it might have an effect on, on the... If all of that money is to be paid back, it might have an effect on the on the airline. Now, the airlines, most of the airlines that fly to Ireland, like Aer Lingus is owned by, the, uh, and British Airways are owned by the, one of the largest corporations in air travel in the world, the Australian company. Uh, Ryanair, I mean, uh, I'm sure Michael O'Leary isn't dependent on the refund that he gets uh, for, for his care insurance. But the way, the way consumers are being treated in this country, it's appalling. And part of the fault lies with consumers themselves. They should be. They should have been on yesterday morning when the government announced that it was seeking the suspension of this right that consumers had. They should have been on to their Fine Gael TDs. They should have been hammering on their doors because it's Fine Gael that's still in government. Now, uh, uh, they should have been hammering on their doors saying, what are you doing? Because there are people who, if they don't get their money back, they won't be able to go on holidays because they won't have money to, they might have the airfare that they've already paid for but they won't have money to buy a cup of coffee over there yeah and you know a number of people who've contacted us who who do really want their reef who want the cash back are in that situation they've been temporarily laid off i mean it's okay if you've Correct. you know if you've hung on to your job and you know you're going to be traveling again but the other one is nobody knows when we're going to be traveling again Correct. so Correct. you know give, give us our money back and how have the eu i thought i read a piece that the eu were saying no that you've got to give the refunds and that's it even with but the i lobby. haven't seen what the response from the EU is. But the very fact that the Irish government petitions the EU to waiver a consumer a right that a consumer has shows clearly what the Irish government thinks of you and I and the people out there as consumers. And they should nail uh, the, 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 the government um, TD who was responsible for that. Was that Shane Ross? Though? But Shane Ross... Um, wasn't the man that done it? He gave a comment on it. Right. This, this is a collective government decision. Okay, right. to, to petition the government, like Shane Ross gets blamed for many things, but he has only one vote, the same as all the rest. Yeah, I suppose just as minister for transport, people uh, straight yeah, away. And he's not even he's not even a TD. Like he wasn't elected. You know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, and he's not the only one still in ministerial power that wasn't wasn't re-elected. Correct. Just go back to the motor insurance. Um, what, what do you make of some companies telling policyholders that they're giving they're offering the refund, or they can give the refund to frontline workers as a charity donation? 
Well, anybody who wants to give uh, um, 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 the frontline workers a donation, I'm sure they're giving it themselves. They're not depending on whatever the insurance company gives back. This is the insurance company trying to make it easier for themselves. The, the insurance company that has been insuring many people in Ireland, different companies, they are so greedy. Everything was wrong with them. First, uh, they had to shove up the premium because uh, there was too many accidents. Um, now when the level of accidents has gone down, because people quite simply aren't driving, there is something else wrong with them. So they oh. always they always seem to win. I can see comments coming in saying it's always the insurers uh, will win. Uh, Peter, for example, in Douglas says insurance companies always win. Uh, is there not a danger that we'll all see increases in our premiums when we go to renew if they do hand out any refunds? That's that's possible. Anything is possible with insurance companies because the government allows them to do so. And again, we can't drive without insurance. Correct. They have a captive market. And are all, somebody else is asking, are all motor insurance companies offering some kind of a refund? No, there are are a number, I don't have the list here, that is is offering it. It's just tokenism. Some aren't offering anything at all. And yet companies in the UK, some of the same companies, are given larger refunds. You You see, you're, you're paying for a service. Yeah. Um... Uh, you have a contract with them for a service, uh, but you know you want to 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 to. Uh, um, they have charged you on the basis of the risk they have assessed uh, how likely you are to have an accident. Are you two percent, three percent, so on? If you're not driving your car, then you're not going to have an accident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the risk of you having an accident is substantially reduced. And as you say, the people who are cocooning haven't taken their, their car out of their driveway. Correct, correct, correct. What about the health insurance uh, companies? We were getting calls in yesterday from people starting getting money back into their bank accounts. Um, well, it's, 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 um, it's the same thing applies. Part of your insurance policy is covering you for um, private consultants and private hospitals and so on. Uh, but sure, there is no private hospitals now because the government took them all over. So they're all public hospitals. So you have been paying for a service that you don't require. I'm paying. It's an expensive product as well. Going up every year by, you know. Stephen Stephen in Middleton says, Patricia, there should be no refund. But what I would suggest to Stephen is an extension of two months on everybody's policy. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, no. yeah, why not? Why not? And then that would be pro rata, depending on what you paid. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, that would be good. Okay, listen, we leave it there, Michael. Thank you for that. All right. And uh, how how is how is lockdown affecting you and how are you getting on with it all? Um, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, getting on okay. Um, you know, spending spend more time in the garden than I should, like. Yeah, that's good. That's not a bad complaint. And the weather was good, so yeah. it was fine, but... Yeah. Rain around now. I know, I know. Listen, uh, but the, but the forecast today isn't as bad as it was yesterday. There was doom and gloom for the weekend yesterday, but it seems to be there's, yeah, there seems to be some sunshine's changed. Yes. It's changed, Absolutely. Oh, and they can change their minds on that. No problem at oh, all, my dear. Sure. Michael, listen, stay safe, and we'll talk again. And keep safe as well. Take Thank care. Bye bye, Michael Kilcoyne, there, uh, chairman of the Consumer Association of Ireland. Heidi said that she heard on the BBC radio the head of Heathrow Airport, and he said even when things get back to normal, they'll have to see 
what group of people will be allowed to fly. He didn't expand, but he was coming there. He was coming down on the side of basically saying that people over the age of 70 wouldn't be able to fly. Have you heard anything along those lines, Society? I haven't, but I take it at what he's talking about. I did hear on another, it was another um, BBC World News Service, uh, they were sort of intimating that people over the age of 70 wouldn't be able to travel anywhere until there was a vaccine. So I'm assuming that's what the head of Heathrow is probably talking about as well. Uh, let's take a break. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls 1850 103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. C103 Anthems. Anthems. Weekday mornings from 9 and evenings at 7. Cork's greatest hits. C103. Abandoned teacher has completed a gruelling four-day challenge to raise funds for Special Olympics Ireland by running four miles every four hours for four days and he's encouraging others to get involved to chat about the challenge at Ronan McMahon who is a PE teacher at Abandoned Grammar School uh, joins me. Good morning to you Ronan. Morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and you're welcome to the program. I have to say, when when I read your challenge first, four miles every four hours, four days, doesn't sound like a lot. Then when you start yeah. to really think about it, you realise this is really, really tough. How and why did you come up with the concept of this fundraiser? Um, well, yeah, it doesn't sound challenging, but believe me, uh, <laughs> it does. It, it does kick your butt like, in day two, even. Um, the reason I came up with it was because, uh, you know, we're all kind of on lockdown and, you know, we're all on our phones the whole time. And I was lying in bed there um, and, like, like, like this, this this thing was, I came up with this thing, like, within a night and it was done the next day. You know, it was all just rushed because it, was, it wasn't meant to be what it turned out to be, if you like. Okay. Um, I was lying in my bed and I was just scrolling away and I just came across this article that said that, um, you know, Special Olympics Ireland um, on April the 24th um, would have their fundraising day cancelled due to COVID-19, you know. And then I kind of thought about it, and then I thought, so when we come out of this, it could be a recession. So, you know, people mightn't be as willing to give later on if their day is, you know, rescheduled. And I kind of just said to myself, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I could do something, or, you know, maybe I could use this time to to, to raise money for them. And, you know, it's a special cause. Um, I have a brother, Barry, uh, he, he goes to Cope, you know, and he, when he was younger, he... Um, he took part in the Special Olympics. Great. I know Stewie McCarthy from Ballincollig. Everybody knows Stewie McCarthy from Ballincollig. Yeah. You know, it, the, the Special Olympics pretty much for him it made him famous. Um, and I just think it, it allows these kids to reach their full potential and gives them identity in their community and it gives them a connectedness. Um, and it allows them to reach their full potential. And, you know, no worthier cause is there to kind of to flog yourself for, if you like. So, um, I sat down on the kitchen table, I opened my laptop, I made a video in one minute and I even got the number of miles I was going to do wrong in the video because <laughs> it was all rough and ready, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then I kind of downloaded an image of Google, uh, you know, off Google Images of the Special Olympics. I threw it up on a GoFundMe page, wrote a little spiel and I went, you know, I'm going to put 10 grand on this and my sister laughed at me, you know, and she said, 10 grand? And I was like, yeah, sure, look, you know, if you, if you aim for 10, you might get 2 grand. And, um, you know, she started laughing, I started laughing, and then I put it out to all my friends that are runners and, you know, in the world, and I said, uh, 
you know, I'm doing this challenge, would you like to do it with me? You know, thing is you've all trained for races and the races have been cancelled. Would you like to give your, you know, entry fees to this? And most of them just said, what the hell, you know. They told me I'm off my game because, you know, the, the lack of sleep and the sleep deprivation would be huge. Um, but that's, so, that, that didn't put you off? Uh, it, did, it doesn't put me off. I'm, I'm the kind of person that tests my limits every now and again. It's like a yearly pilgrimage or something, you know. Well, you've you've um, certainly done it this time. And you started the four-day challenge last Saturday. Yeah. At 12 noon, I think it was, was it? No, no, 12 a.m. 12 a.m. Oh, God, you really got stuck in. What what was the toughest part? The overnights, um, is it? Yeah. So, like, you know, the 12 a.m., 4 a.m., 8 a.m., 12 p.m., 4 p.m., 8 p.m. That was the cycle for four days. So you, you do a, a run, we'll say, at 12 a.m. and you get in at 12.30, Yeah. You kind of wash. You give yourself a quick wash. You have a bit of food because you can't eat before your next run because you'll get a stitch, so... You eat your food, then you go to bed. So by the time you've that done, you've a two-hour window. Okay. And by the time your heart rate kind of goes down and, you know, you try to get your eyes closed, it's like one hour to go. And then you fall asleep in that hour and then you have to wake up within that hour and then you're back out the door. So it really was, you know, that that, that was hard. Um, and on the second day, I realised that I needed to go on to the aura lights because I started seeing blotches in my left eye. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I actually thought it was going to be something worse than that this is all going to end a bit early, but... You know, it didn't. Thank God, you know. And you and you set that target of ten thousand, uh, which your sister laughed. Um, but when when but you smashed it. I mean, when I checked in yesterday, I think it was it was it was well over fourteen thousand. Well, I'll be honest. Um, two people got back to me. Um, when I put the the thing out there, when I you know when I when I asked people did they want to do it, uh, one of them uh, was uh, Mikey Power from B Fit Gym. Yeah. And the other person was Mary O'Sullivan, and she also is a member of B Fit Gym. Um, he's, you know, Jim is closed down. He's he's at home and locked down himself. And he rang me and he said, "Look, I'm willing to do this challenge, you know." And like he's obviously crazy enough to do this challenge. And, <laughs> and, fit, and like, fit enough. But <laughs> like he doesn't look like a runner. He's like West Cork answer to Vin Diesel. You know, he's a big lump <laughs> of a man. But um, yeah, he loves it. He said that actually. <laughs> um, but you know he signed up for it and he drove it on and like I, I really want to give him a special mention because well you know, he, he used his charm and he used his, his ability on Instagram is nothing short of special um, but you know together and even Mary you know Mary was putting up her videos and, and people kind of got invested in the journey um, and you know as, as Mikey said people love to see hardship they do they uh, do and unfortunately whatever it is about us we do, we yeah. do. so um, a, like an absolutely terrific sum of money and, and would you would you encourage others who, who to get involved and, and do something similar well do you know what um, the Munster branch uh, like uh, of course they uh, encourage people to do something similar is raising money for a good cause and it was a cause that wasn't tested so if I was going to fail at this I was going to crash and burn but like um, I just think that when you do something that's outside of yourself so these kids you know like as I said it gives them identity gives them and when I was running and, and any hard time I kind of thought to myself you know this isn't about you you know this is about getting it done for them so it allows you to push through your limits um, which which turned it turned out to be unbelievable um, but, but also you know the community came along for the ride as well so it was like, you know, um, when I started off, it was just me putting up a video of, you know, here this morning, I'm going for a run, and sure, I thought nobody watched it or whatever. 
Uh, next thing you know, I'm getting calls. My, my cousin's a guard up in Clare, and next thing I'm getting a call at 3, 3.50 in the morning saying, come on, wake up, get your runners on, you know, she's on duty. Yeah. Uh, and look, people ringing me, you know, after my 8 a.m. run to say, you know, how did you get on in that one? And, and everybody just started following it. That's um, great. That really. And it, what was it like at the, the end when, when, when you finished the last four on the fourth day? So the last four on the fourth day was actually my fastest um, lap of my four miles um, because it was just, it was, it, we were buzzing. It was, it was just pure energy. Um, and the energy was just, it was just the energy of community spirit, you know, and knowing that the cause was a brilliant cause. Um, and it drove us on to the finish line and my neighbours came out uh, I live in Glashlin and Bandon and all the neighbours lined the street and they had a rope near my house at the end and you know somebody had a bottle of champagne and they threw it over me and got over the line it was just an emotional rollercoaster that's brilliant and people can still donate oh yeah um, can I just uh, just like the reason we picked or the reason I picked the Munster branch of the Special Olympics is because it's a local charity it allows these kids as I said to reach their full potential and it's in local areas such as um, I was going to rattle off a few names there. So there's Ballancolic, Bandon, Mallow, Donnerail, Duhallow, Inniscarra, Leeside, Middleton, Mossley, Ownabwee, St. Vincent. Um, they're just a few places that the Special Olympics work in Cork. And the fact that we're raising all these funds for the Munster branch means that all these areas will benefit from the funding well done. Um, that we're actually collecting. And you can donate to um, www.gofundme.com forward slash four miles, four hours, four days. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, you've, you, do, you've done terrific yeah. with it. Thanks very much. Or you can type into the Google machine, um, Ronan McMahon, GoFundMe. And it'll, it'll, it'll come, come up, up as or, or beef at Bandon, the, the gym in Bandon. And if you're putting in the four miles, four hours, four days, it's the number uh, four. Listen, Ronan, well done yeah. and congratulations. It's And I, I just love the idea that people are coming up with so many different ideas for fundraising. Yeah, it it yeah, is terrific. And even, you know, there's, there's loads of people doing different things. And it's great. Maybe this lockdown has produced the community spirit that, you know, yeah, that's generations have seen before, you know. Well, I'll hopefully come out of this in a kinder, more compassionate world. Uh, Ronan, yeah, listen, hopefully. thank you for that and thanks Absolute for joining pleasure. us. Uh, good thank morning you, to you. Sir. Bye-bye. Ronan McMahon there, what a lovely man. He is a PE teacher at Bandon Grammar School, raising money for the Munster branch of Special Olympics Ireland. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between, we've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click regional reports or download the C103 app and click podcasts. Regional reports only on C103. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Telker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. 
every couple has a story of how they met. My mum met my dad at school, uh, in detention. My best friend met his wife at a club through a friend of a friend. And my boss met her fiancé after they got chatting online. Find someone to share your story with at c103dating.ie. 24% of Irish people have tried online dating and one in five relationships begin there. At c103dating.ie, we have genuine nice people that would like to meet you. Begin your story today by registering for free at c103dating.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We've had a... Text in from a listener wondering if anybody has found themselves in the same boat that she is in. So, hi, Patricia, would you mind asking if any of your listeners who are paid weekly, have they checked with their bank? Have they been paid today? Why? Because I haven't been paid. And it seems lots of other Bank of Ireland customers are in the same position. Today is apparently a bank holiday in Europe. It is. It's May Day. So most European countries have a bank holiday today. And because of that, many payments weren't cleared in time. I've now been told, says this listener, I won't be paid until Tuesday because we have a bank holiday here uh, next Monday. Oh, okay. So just to let people know, if you are paid weekly, you need to check in, uh, check online to see if you have been paid. We're going to try and get on to it. This particular listener says this is with Bank of Ireland, so I don't know if it's across other banks or not. So we're trying to reach out to the banks to find out what is going uh, going on. But if anybody has uh, anything further on that, let us know, please. 1850 333 103. Now, we've been talking a lot on the programme about cocooning and how difficult cocooning can be for people either over the age of 70 or for people who are immune compromised to have to stay indoors and have to uh, stay away from family and loved ones. And the biggest one I suppose we hear about are grandparents missing their grandchildren. And there's been lots on social media, uh, gorgeous photographs of children reaching out to their grandparents, you know, in between, you see, outside of windows and hands pressed up to window panes. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. And whenever you talk to any time we've had anybody on the programme who's cocooning at the moment, and when you ask them what are they missing the most, if they are lucky enough and blessed enough to have grandchildren they'll all say it's the grandchildren they're missing the most but we forget the flip side of that the children are also really missing the grandchildren and with that in mind I've been I have been sent a copy of a poem that was written by a a little girl called Katie O'Sullivan who is 11 and she's missing seeing her much loved Nana so she wrote her a poem called Nana's Hugs and I'm going to read it and I hope I can read it without get started to cry because whenever I read it I get really emotional because I think it sums up for every nana and granddad listening to let them know how much they're missed by their much loved uh, grandchildren so we're going to dedicate it to all the nanas and the granddads who are missing their little ones and more than anything they're missing the hugs and as I say it's uh, it's called Nana's Hugs. I realise I took them for granted thinking they'd be there all the time. I thought that whenever I wanted your hugs would always be mine. I'm grateful to see you through the glass and not surrounded by oak but Nana you're too far away it feels as though something is broke. The news makes Mammy so sad and with Daddy it's nothing but stress. I just want to be back in your house watching you knit while I make a mess. I want to sit by your fire eating biscuits and begging to stay. I want things to go back to normal for the virus just to go away. But I know that distance is best 
it's the big girl thing to do and I promise that when this is over I'll spend a lifetime hugging you and she just signed it love from Katie 2020 oh just it's fantastic it really is uh, gorgeous so well done to uh, Katie O'Sullivan and her very proud Nana uh, Georgina O'Sullivan but as I say we just want to dedicate it to all of the Nanas and the granddads out there to let them know that the little ones are missing them as well and, and really missing those hugs and hopefully and please God this virus all will pass uh, one day and one day soon this too will pass and we will all get back to normal and actually while I'm mentioning Casey O'Sullivan can I mention her uncle Damien as well and uh, Sarah his future wife they should have been getting married tomorrow so it's so many of the weddings uh, have had to be uh, cancelled uh, 1850-333-103 now Fiona our senior news reporter has started a new series whereby she is going out with frontline workers we're calling it Fiona's Frontline Diaries and today is her first where she went and spent time with Ambulance Operation Manager at the Kinsale Road based at the Kinsale Road and he's a paramedic there by the name of uh, Kieran Henry and here's uh, Fiona's Frontline Diary. I just saw one of my colleagues, you know, a young female paramedic and she had her mask on and goggles and just saw her eyes and she was going over and, and it is, it's a brave person just going out there and it's a potential COVID-19 response but the, I can't say enough about them, they're absolutely fantastic Kieran Henry is Ambulance Operations Manager and spoke to me in the Kinsale Road HSE Ambulance Base Conference Room. It's from here that paramedics get a daily briefing before heading out on their calls. A lot of those calls now are to nursing homes and residential units to take swab tests for COVID-19. And people know they're going out there to help these people, some in their 70s, 80s, 90s and you know, and it's part of the this campaign I suppose to protect Ireland protect our people and you know um, we, we want to reassure them that we're there for them all the time. And are they concerned for their own safety? I think we've all including myself at times you know been, been a bit frightened by this whole it is a pandemic it is I suppose a certain threat um, to us all I suppose and unfortunately people have succumbed to it as well but our staff are absolutely fantastic I have to say and they go in there and they're so supportive and empathetic and reassuring to those residents and also to the staff. Kieran says that as well as being supportive to others, the team are very supportive towards each other and it's an important tool in getting them through these challenging times. We keep an eye out for each other. We operate a buddy system and that as well and we, we make sure that everybody's welfare is okay, that we take regular breaks and that they, they don't become too fatigued. Ambulance emergency. Quick, I'm in ambulance. Okay, Paramedics are on duty 24-7, dealing with all types of emergency calls, and Kieran says they couldn't do it without the support of their families. He says they've all had to adapt to new practices because of the coronavirus, but he says that all personnel have responded positively to the changes. Emergency services have been sharing videos of their efforts to keep spirits up, and for Kieran, there's been one standout moment at the Kinsale Road base. We decided to take a, a group photograph here with social distancing in mind uh, the other night, and we said, "Look, this is a, an occasion we'll probably look back on." And we got we, we asked people to come in, and and I just kind of peeked out of the window to just because they said they were getting ready, and I saw a number of them walking up together, and uh, the, the Irish tricolour. And it was a very poignant moment, I think, for, for 
damning for us as well. Like. Kieran is asking people to continue to follow government guidelines and he pays tribute to the public for their efforts so far. The public have been absolutely fantastic and I think what the measures that, you know, and I appreciate they're difficult for people. Everybody is finding it challenging at the moment. But I think what the public have done in Ireland and specifically, I suppose I'd acknowledge the people in Cork. It's really, I suppose, uh, allowed us to have capacity to manage at the moment. Uh, and that is down to absolutely every member of the public, what they have been doing. There you go. That is uh, Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter, and the first of her. We're going to have that every Friday, I think, for uh, the next number of weeks, her uh, Frontline Diaries. Thanks to uh, Fiona for that. OK, going back to and also to uh, Kieran Henry, who she spoke with. OK, going back to some of your commentary uh, coming in. Somebody said that was a beautiful poem that you read out. Thank you, Katie and Patricia, for reading it. Um, yeah, it was gorgeous. Actually, I, I was lucky I got through without getting upset. Every Anytime I read it yesterday, because I got it yesterday, I was I was in tears reading it. It's just a lovely thought. Esther said, could you put that poem up on your Facebook page? I'm sure we could. I, I'm it's a handwritten in little 11 year olds handwriting uh, as well I don't know how it would transfer onto Facebook but leave it with me and I'll see I'll, I'll obviously have to get permission from 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 the Nala who's Nala from Jordan which I'm sure there wouldn't be any problem uh, with it but good to know that it is uh, it has touched a, a number of uh, people Hi Patricia the, today is the 1st of May the month of Our Lady I hope it keeps us all safe and did you wash your face in the morning Jew this morning uh, Anne says Anne listening to me yesterday no I didn't and you know something I went out the back and I smiled when I thought about it because I do remember as a child we used to do it and I just thought oh, no no I don't think I'll do it I, was, I sure didn't know I was going to be on the lawn so, so I kept going OK on the people that didn't get paid today uh, May Day payments the Friday the 1st of May is a bank holiday in Europe but not in Ireland we know that this affects SEPA bank payments so any welfare payments due to be paid into banks or credit unions today should have arrived in bank accounts yesterday as Monday the 4th is a public holiday here um, all banks and post offices will also be closed next Monday so it means anyone who's due a welfare payment on a Monday theirs also should have got into the bank accounts yesterday but the banking sector is accepting that there are problems today so people that didn't get paid will now not be paid on to Tuesday because of our bank holiday and it's to do with the fact that some didn't meet the deadlines for the banks and I'm also told it affects all banks even though we got the call in earlier about Bank of Ireland but it is affecting all uh, banks which if you if you live paycheck to paycheck to be told on a Friday you have nothing until the following Tuesday that is that's hard to take uh, indeed 1850 someone has been on oh Adrian O'Connor thank you um, hi Adrian to say could we say thank you to Cara House and Fields Super Value in Skibbereen who are delivering and keeping me going says Adrian O'Connor I'm assuming, I'm assuming Adrian is somewhere in the Skibbereen area I'm not too sure who, who or what Cara House is but well done to Fields Super Value in Skibbereen and indeed all of the supermarkets who are doing deliveries particularly deliveries to vulnerable people and once again we remind people if you are going for deliveries to please leave the delivery slots 
for people who really need it because we have heard from people who want who are say cocooning or people who can't get out of their homes because they're unwell and when they get onto their local supermarket they discover there isn't any delivery slots available so we are and I know a lot of the supermarkets themselves are saying it as well if you can turn up yourself you know if you can go to the supermarket and you're lucky enough to be able to go to the supermarket yourself I know there's queuing and I know it isn't we're, we're not shopping the way we normally shop and all of that but just Try not be selfish, I suppose, and leave those time slots for people who absolutely need them. 1850-333-103. Margaret in Mallow says, wouldn't it be a great idea if the government released the 1926 census early? There would be a lot of interest from older people in that particular census. There would. And I don't know, I'm, I'd have to check. When is it due for release? Is it the 100-year rule on the, on the census? I remember when we were all looking at the ones from 1911 was it 2011 was when they were released is it 100 years even though I know there's, there's, there's rules and regulations around the releasing of that but I know where you're coming from uh, Margaret but I have a funny feeling they can only be released every 100, 100 years I, I will look into it but it certainly would be would be a, a lovely idea if they did I think you're right that older people uh, would certainly like to uh, take a look at it uh, Norma in North Cork wonders are all those people dying actually dying from the virus. A lot of people die every year. In relation, a relative of mine died from a heart attack in the United Kingdom, but they did not have time to write down the cause of death and they could not test him for the coronavirus. So therefore they put down the cause of death was the coronavirus uh, because when he was dying, he was caught for breath. But his family are adamant that the reason he was caught for breath was because he was struggling because of his heart condition. My relations are actually quite angry about that because they say he didn't die from coronavirus. He died from a heart attack. Well, that's in the United Kingdom and the way they are, mo- are logging and monitoring deaths is very different to the way we are doing it in this country. It's only people who have had a coronavirus positive death, coronavirus positive test that will get counted as in the numbers that we hear. And then sometimes if somebody's passed away and the test results aren't back in time, when they do come back afterwards, that's why, you you know, when they're giving out the numbers of deaths, it's always in the last 24 hours and they'll say there was other deaths that had happened, say, earlier in the month or in the last number of weeks. And that could be that somebody had passed away but the test result wasn't back in time. So in, in this country, Norma, the deaths that you are hearing absolutely are down to uh, COVID-19. And uh, now there would be underlying health conditions as well, but they died because they were COVID-19 uh, positive. And, and yes, you're right. Uh, people die from all sorts of different things and people die in nursing homes in particular because somebody else picked up on that saying is everybody dying in nursing homes dying from COVID-19 and we checked it out and and it isn't the case one in five deaths in every nursing home since the start of the year has been down to COVID-19 so the majority of people who are in nursing homes who pass away it's got nothing at all to do with uh, COVID-19 but the testing um, I'm it doesn't surprise me when you'd say what happened in the United Kingdom I think because the hospitals are struggling so much and so many people are dying from COVID-19 I mean they have the highest level of deaths in Europe now in the United Kingdom so of course there will be people put on that list to say that they died from COVID-19 when they didn't likewise there are people dying in the United Kingdom from COVID-19 and it's not getting uh, registered I mean up to mid of this week they were only counting people that died in hospital 
hospital. Anyway, the died in a nursing home wasn't counted and of course they had to re-evaluate their figures and add in those that had died in nursing homes where people that die in the community from COVID-19 are certainly not getting counted in uh, England. 1850-333-103 and my sympathies on the passing of uh, your relative in the United Kingdom. Hi Patricia, the EU-wide banking electronic payment SEPA is off today. Sorry, yeah, that's the reason that people are not getting paid. Thank you for that. Hi, I just turned the calendar to the 1st of May and the saying on the calendar is bless the workers. What a, con- what a coincidence, yeah, but very relevant for the day that's in it with it being at May Day. Hi Patricia, love, love your programme, thank you very much. Aviva, this is on the motor insurance company, is giving nothing back on their car insurance. Yeah, I did ask Michael Kilcoyne of the Consumer Association, was it every motor industry, motor insurance company said no there's only some of them have decided uh, to do it and somebody else then said uh, Leia this is on the health insurance that they are giving back uh, money to anyone who's got a policy as are all of the health insurance providers somebody says Leia gave 24 hours to claim back some cash everything was to be done online that's not true because I'm a customer of Leia I had to do absolutely nothing and then when somebody yesterday said Leia were making payments yesterday I checked my bank account yesterday evening and for the family of three for myself husband and Marcia, I think it's 195 euro we got back and, and that's monthly, isn't it? They're, they're giving back those refunds every month, I think for three months until the private hospitals come back on, on track. But I, I did absolutely nothing. I think I got an email from them saying that they were going to be giving back refunds, but I had absolutely nothing to do. So no, you're wrong on that one. You, didn't, you certainly don't, don't apply for any of those uh, refunds. Somebody else says donate all of the refunds. Now, these are, this is the motor insurance refunds. I don't know if they mean the health insurance ones as well. Donate them all to... The battle against COVID-19, they need it more. Please stay safe. Thank you for that. Margaret says, Patricia, I hope that when the restrictions are relaxed, that the hotels and the guest houses will consider reducing what Margaret sees as astronomical prices and encourage more staycations. I would love to go anywhere in Kerry, for example, for a holiday. But we've never had a holiday. Why? We simply can't afford it. I get very annoyed to see my well-educated family all going abroad because it's cheaper than holidaying at home. And they would, by the way, prefer to stay at home. Stay safe and enjoy your bank holiday weekend. Thank you for that, uh, Margaret. Uh, Yeah, holidaying in Ireland has never been cheap. Uh, absolutely I agree with you on that and even going out for meals etc and when we go away on holidays and certainly if you go overseas on holidays and you have you know those package holidays where you're staying in an apartment or maybe you're staying in in a hotel you know we all eat out I mean the one thing I certainly when I'm on holidays refuse point blank to cook if there's a coffee making machine in the room I might make a cup of coffee that's the closest I'll come to cooking when I'm on holidays Uh, and we, we eat out all the time when we're on holidays and that often has struck me that if you were doing a two week holiday in Ireland and lots of people do come here and, and spend two weeks on a pack uh, not on a package ho- well yeah on package holidays and come and stay in hotels it, it has struck me how do they manage to eat out you know if you're eating out for lunch and for dinner at night because it can be we are an expensive country but I think everybody knows that when they come to visit will prices get reduced after COVID-19 you would like to think that that's what will happen. But certainly staycation is going to be the order of the day. People are going to be holidaying at home. There's nobody going to be going overseas. There won't be flights to go anywhere. And I think even when they do start to open up flights, you're going to have people nervous about travelling. So I think getting holidays in Ireland, if restrictions are lifted in the summer, I think our biggest problem is going to be trying to get 
hotels and guest houses and places to stay because I think you know everyone in Ireland who want to get away for a break will be getting a break here in Ireland you certainly won't be going overseas will prices come down only time will tell and somebody else has said that people must be allowed to go to mass. So many people are missing mass. That's one restriction I certainly can't see uh, lifted. And I think the church and the diocese are very much in agreement with it because they have no way of putting a system in place to keep the churches cleaned and disinfected and all of the pews wiped down to make sure that the virus isn't there. I mean, you look at the lens shops are going to and their commercial businesses that are making money I mean the churches just wouldn't have the money or the manpower to keep the churches clean and clinically clean and virus free so I have a feeling that churches unfortunately are going to be one of the last ones that are going to uh, reopen John Paul and Sadie taking your calls and that gives no comfort to anybody who really wants to get back into their church 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Jobs Bicycle sale, a bicycle mechanic slash sales advisor is wanted. It's for Cycle Scene Bicycle Shop. It's on Blarney Street in uh, Cork. Cleaners are wanted for immediate start. That's in Mallow, Bantry and Castle Island. And two positions are available to join an existing agri-sales team in the North Cork uh, area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. For C103 photos, videos and more, follow us on Instagram and get a good look at what's going on across Cork. Search Instagram for at C103 Cork. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And I can see a few other people wondering if I could text on and WhatsApp on a copy of Katie's poem, uh, Nana's Hugs. I tell you what, when I come off air, I will make contact uh, with Katie's mam and her granny and her nana and uh, to see if it's okay. And uh, we'll see if we can get it up online uh, somehow. Don't know if we'll be able to do it over the weekend, but we'll we'll see what we can do with it. So just bear with us on that one um, and uh, we'll get back to you on it but thank you people very much appreciating how nice and sweet the poem was and it's lovely to see the world I think through a little 11 year old girl's eyes and how much they're missing a much loved uh, Nana. Now inter-county players have united with disability rights activist Joanna Reardon to help raise funds for our frontline workers by staging in all Ireland FIFA Twenty charity online tournament and Joanna Reardon joins me on the programme Uh, Good morning to you Joanne Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. Actually, I was talking there about a little 11 year old girl who wrote this lovely poem about missing her nana's hugs. Uh, you haven't been able to see your grandmother. Yeah, yeah. So um, my grandmother is in care um, in District Community Hospital. Um, and normally, uh, you know, my mom would visit her kind of every second day. Um, and as I always say to, to, to Nan, I'll come to her when I have news and things like that. But no, my grandmother, she's. Um, She's an integral part of my life. Like when I was 18 and was invited up to the Auras, uh, my grandmother got to come too. So um, yeah, that's her big claim to fame at the minute. But now she's telling all the nurses uh, that this tournament is being organised specifically for her. So she's delighted altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but as a family, you, you do miss going in to see her. Yeah, you do, definitely. Um, and I suppose more than anything, like she, she, she misses it more than anything else. You know, she has, she's, I don't know how many is there among my mom's side. I think there's, 
you know, about 10 brothers and sisters maybe in total. Um, but yeah, no, none of them have obviously been able to get it to see her. Um, you know, she uh, unfortunately was a tiny bit sick, um, but they think it was pure mental fatigue from not seeing anyone more than anything else. So ah, she they, were help to, they were able to see her from the window and things like that. But uh, yeah, no, she's, she's doing fine. And, you know, last week was my birthday and the nurses um, FaceTimed me with her as well. So it was Did good. they? Yeah. I tell you, the community hospitals are really, they're just, I think they get forgotten about sometimes when we talk about things going on in, in all of the big hospitals. But the work and the care and the dedication and they treat, because their patients are with them for so long, they become like members of their family. They do. Like, I mean, even like when you go up to the hospital there, it's all like, you know, super nice hellos you know, how was your day? You know, they're asking you about like little aspects of your life that you thought no one else kind of knew about, you know, different things. And it's just super nice and you get to know them and you get to know their family. And sure, of course, like, you know, their family are also living within the mystery area. So you get to see them quite a bit. But yeah, you're completely right. Like, I mean, they, they take these patients in under, literally under their wing. Um, and I suppose they just, they do become members of family. Like it's, yeah. it's hard to actually distinguish it. But no, they've been, they've been really good now of Mr. Hospital, very um, accommodating, you know, where possible. Um, and yeah, no, just to, to get this up and going, you know, I suppose I, I was inspired by the work they did. I was inspired by a tournament of similar stars that took place over in Spain. And I thought, why not merge, you know, the 32 counties um, as one, you know, because we all have a story, you know, talking to all the players and everyone involved, like everyone had a story of, you know, their partner either on the front line or, you know, a friend, a, a family member of theirs, you know, who, you know, was taken ill, you know, different things like that. So they all had a story to share. And we just kind of thought, why not have a straight knockout All-Ireland series? <laughs> so how does it work? <laughs> I know, yeah, this is the funny technical point. So basically on um, Insomnia Games Dublin, so they're a gaming festival. So they're in charge of all the tech stuff along with Republic of Players. So on their Facebook page, um, you get to see a live stream of the game. Um, we have commentators. We have uh, very special guests littered across the videos um, and different things like that. So at 7 o'clock tonight, yep, 7 o'clock tonight um, on Insomnia Games Facebook, uh, Game 1 uh, will kick off. Um, so, yeah, I think it's actually, uh, I think it's Donegal and Tyrone, actually. Um, and they take, uh, yeah, they take a Champions League team and uh, it's Oshin Gallon of Donegal and Niall Morgan of uh, Tyrone. But we have a Cork Kerry rivalry, don't worry about that. FC Barcelona, a.k.a. Cork GA, a.k.a. Sean O'Donoghue, um, is taking on Kerry, a.k.a. Podrick Boyle, a.k.a. Young Boys of Switzerland. Um, so, yeah, it's all good crack and it's all really good fun. <laughs> and, and, and are all 32 counties represented? All 32 counties. We nearly had to beat them back, lads. It was actually so dramatic. About 10 players per county were signing up originally. Um, so we had a massive, massive response and massive feedback. And... Uh, you know, as the older players who I know from, from sports work and things like that, as the older players say to me, it's the first time they've actually interacted with the younger lads because they tend to hang out amongst themselves and things like that. But, uh, you know, the group chats were apparently hopping over the last two weeks when the tournaments were being run off, the internal ones. <laughs> and so who uh, is uh, Cork and Kerry? Are we, are we in with a shot of winning that in Cork? Like? Well, you know, at at the minute uh, Insomnia Games, we're wondering did I fix the draw because they got FC Barcelona, uh, Corsted, and obviously Barcelona is my beloved team. Um, so I was joking with them. I was like, yeah, my, my favourite losers are playing as my favourite losers. Um, but yeah, no, um, we definitely we definitely have a shout. You know, Sean, Sean's been training the last two weeks. He's been telling me he's been gearing up for this and uh, he said he'd beat back uh, Michal Martin's son who plays with the footballers. And um, so that was their internal tournament that they had. So it was good banter all in all. And for people who don't know, explain what FIFA 20 is. 
Yeah, so FIFA uh, 20 is just um, the the regular kind of uh, football soccer game, um, you know, that people play on Xbox um, and on PlayStation. And there's a huge um, online gaming community that I've now been made aware of. Um, there's a huge online community on PlayStation and on um, Xbox um, who, who do get involved. So if, you know, your listeners maybe, you know, wouldn't be too sure, you know, like definitely for a fact, you know, like my cousins and my much younger, much cooler um, relations are telling me that this is the new in thing and yeah. the best way to raise money. So, yeah, no, it's all in all. It's, it's so crap. You know, PlayStation, um, FIFA and, and everyone have given, you know, super cool prizes to the players. Um, well done. Well done. Yeah. That's great. So the, the All-Ireland and winner gets a, a, a gaming chair, which I'm told is worth quite a lot of money. <laughs> And they're the bees knees and the cat's pajamas. Every anyone's into gaming wants one of those oh, uh, gaming okay. chairs for sure. And then they they all of the thirty two players they'll play from their own homes. So they're playing from their own homes, bedroom exactly. or sitting yeah. room or wherever they've got their PlayStation set up. Yeah, yeah. So Donny Donny Smith of Roscommon was telling me he's actually designated the whole attic um, as his little FIFA corner. Um, so yeah, uh, he's taking uh, his way too serious. He, he's he's got a brother actually who also plays Roscommon Enda, and the two of them had a best of nine tournament apparently to see um, see who was better. So um, yeah, honestly, it's mad stories like that. But yeah, they're all sitting at home, and the commentators are sitting at home as well. Um, so we've got we've got a good we've got a good bunch lined up, um, and it should be it should be really good fun. So the first match tonight, and it was all properly done. The draw and all of that was properly yeah. done. Yeah, there was, was, all... so oh, there was a... nothing. No, so it's, <laughs> it's so, so it's it's a knockout, is this? Straight knockout championship. So we're basing it off the football championship draw, um, and then um, each thirty-two counties were assigned a, a Champions League team. So someone from the two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty um, unfinished Champions League season, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's really funny. You know, Dublin got um, local locomotive Moscow, um, is what they're called, and they're playing Westmead, who are Spurs, and all the. All the gamers are telling me that the teams are equalised so that every player has an equal opportunity. It just depends on the person who's actually in control of the remote. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so, so, yeah, and so there's been a lot of practising going on, I imagine, throughout the week. Yeah. Fine-tuning their skills. They're hard at training. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's been a couple of good stories kind of coming through. You know, I think Monaghan um, had an internal tournament of up to nine footballers and hurlers. Um, Armagh was the same as the load of young lads who were kind of willing to go for it. but honestly, like my brother, as you all know, my brother Stephen used to live with a Wexford footballer and he said there was mad, uh, mad contact among the Wexford footballers and hurlers for about two weeks. So that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. How do you make money out of this? So we have a GoFundMe link um, that's attached to the tournament um, and all the tournament advisors. Um, they're all available online. Um, so you donate through your GoFundMe. Um, every, any, any bit counts. Like, um, you know, we're absolutely grateful um, for anything. Um, you know, I got a message from one of the Spanish journalists over in Spain saying, no pressure, but Borja Iglesias, who's the Spanish footballer, raised 100,000 apparently. <laughs> so um, no pressure at all on us <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but no, honestly, any bit, any bit counts. We're super grateful. Um, and we also have a few prizes as well um, for anyone else who wants to get involved. GTA has kindly donated some stuff as well. So, well yeah, done. We'll well, well done. Well done. It's really terrific. Kicks off at seven o'clock tonight and um, people can can see it online. Um, what's the easiest way to catch it online? So if you go onto Insomnia Gaming Festival Dublin's Facebook page, um, all the information is there. Fixtures, everything um, that you need to know, it's all available there. So first match is seven o'clock tonight. When is the final expected to be played? 
So the All-Ireland final, the big, the big one, is being played at 4 o'clock on Sunday, this Sunday. So peak All-Ireland Sunday, as, as per usual. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and we're, okay. we're, we have, we're we expecting so that to be Cork versus who? We're expecting Sean O'Donoghue to pull through. As I said to him, I don't care who you pull through against as long as you pull through and don't let me down. Um, so no pressure on poor old Sean. He's a great lad in fairness and uh, we're delighted he's taking part. <laughs> it's a great bit of fun. Well well done, well done. And I hope you make a, a, a lot of money. And Camille, tell us, how are you coping with the whole lockdown? Yeah, so it's a little bit strange for me. Like, um, So I've had, I suppose, personal assistants who'd be coming into me um, over the last year or so. Um, so things like that are obviously put to a little bit of a standstill. And we're trying to filter them back in as, as safely as we possibly can. We have, you know, my aunt um, Eileen, she's um, kindly made us masks and everything that we need to keep safe and things like that. So it's been tricky. I've been living now with my parents now for eight weeks solid, uh, whereas normally at this stage I'd be on the road at, at games and uh, other things like that. But it's three parents and three dogs and the joke is who will actually come out at the end. Will it be the three dogs or the three musketeers here in the house? <laughs> Do you, I mean, you're, you're such an independent soul. Do you find it hard being, I mean, even though your parents are just the nicest, sweetest, most easygoing people you could meet. But do, do you find it hard being back at home full time? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been hard. Like, I mean, they're they were mad for road originally because with all the challenges that were kind of going online, you know, like they were mad to balance like pilot rolls on their head. You know, they were mad to kind of do everything. And then after like the third week, we all got literally sick of each other. Um, so we just tried not to. We've designated corners in the house, which is the super handiest part. Um, but yeah, no, other than that, it's it's been fine. Like I suppose you know my independence is is shackled up for a little bit, but, you know, if, if, if me being shackled up for a little bit um, is better for the greater good, you know, I think that's the most important thing. Um, and it's the same with the, you know, we've been saying that as well with players, you know, it's it's the most important thing to just keep yourself inside and keep yourself safe. And yeah. if, you, if you follow the rules, it'll be over soon, that's, hopefully. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But of course, sports journalism is, that's 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 what pays your wages. That's your job. There's none of that. I mean, you're, are you technically not working? Um, so we're te- we're technically still going with the Irish Times, thankfully the college is still going. Um, but I know like two good friends of mine have recently um, lost their jobs as well. So it, it's tough going, and I think that's when the stark reality kind of hit me was when I I found out about the two of them. You know, we we're just having general conversation, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, obviously there's no sport, so I, I was let go." You know, and it was just it definitely like hit home for me, and I was definitely super stressed about it. But as I was joking with Maliki, my editor, I've with the FIFA tournament, I've given them content now for years. Great. So they can thank me, but um, no, honestly, but we're we're working. You know, we're finding timeless stories. I suppose is what I'm telling everyone. Like there are so many stories out there that still need to be told, and um, yeah. in the sporting context, and it's just up to us now to find them um, and be a bit more, um, you know, creative. And we need to write about it so that it will be there for future generations. You know, we're living through history. These challenging times will be the history of the future. People will talk about remember the generation that lived through a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, it was funny because um, one of the lads actually said to me that you know he was writing a journal and um, just obviously keep mentally sane and things like that. And I was just kind of thinking, geez, that's a really like cute idea, you know, like for future references. Um, you know, and he was saying, don't worry, my life is incredibly boring. It's not going to be a bestseller, you know. Um, but you know, I think it it is super important, and writing is a good way to express yourself and your feelings and things like that. And yeah, I, you know, even if you're not a journalist in general. Like I'd encourage everyone definitely to, to put pen to paper and, and yeah. keep the book because I'd say like in 10 years and 20 years time when we're looking back on it like it'll be the worst thing ever you know my grandmother still tells me all about like the TV and you know everything that you know she had to live through as well so it's nice to have those stories to pass down but yeah. I'm just a bit yeah. bleak you know 
Are you uh, t- TV, Netflix? Are you watching a lot of TV? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm completely like addicted at the minute. So uh, yeah, I I kind of range. So I go from like true crime that will depress me for like a week, and then I like dip back into like funny comedy stuff. So um, yeah, it honestly depends on my mood. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's <laughs> I actually you know Tiger King took over our group chat yeah. for about two weeks. That was the wildest thing. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't that the most incredible program? I actually, you know, a part of me was hoping that the editors got really well paid because I say it's total scared from editing all that down. <laughs> but but what, got, what got to me when I started watching was I couldn't believe in America that there are that many people that have big wild cats as pets yeah. and in their back garden. Yeah. It's like insane. who knew? Like, like I remember like this is this is going back to my, my studies in college but I remember uh, when we were studying criminology and um, the drug pins the drug lords in Mexico would gift each other tigers <sighs> as a sign of like you know oh you're so cool you know here's a tiger. You know, so they just all have tigers roaming around in their backyard. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. I kind of thought it was a thing specifically for drug lords, but apparently not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was honestly, it was just the wildest thing ever. Um, and you know yourself, like, I mean, my hair roots as well were getting so bad. I nearly started looking like Joe Exotic <laughs> at point. <laughs> okay, when, when, when lockdown is lifted, what's, what's the first thing you want to do? Um, oh, God. I suppose uh, when lockdown is lifted, I was to my dad, you know, we're definitely going to go back to a football match. I'm going to visit my grandmother um, if she's well and able to, to have visitors. Um, and uh, it's kind of funny, like the things that I'm resenting the most, aka hanging out with family, are the things I'm actually looking forward to doing most, but on the outside world. Yeah, because I saw you on your birthday um, last week and you, you did you did a Zoom catch up with, with the family. We did, and sure, you know yourself, they drive you mental as well over Zoom. Like, you're like, I actually regret doing this. But, uh, <laughs> no, honestly, it was good. You know, my brother lives in Sweden. He's just had a newborn um, baby there last month. Um, you know, like the other brothers, you know, Denny, um, he lives about five miles away. Gillian literally lives next door, and we can't see her. And then obviously, she's in Dublin. So it was nice to catch up and uh, be with the family. But we actually did kill each other over Zoom. It wasn't the, the fancy... Um, you know, we didn't do like a quiz or anything like that. We just all gave out to each other while the nieces and nephews had dance off. <laughs> so you're not the Waltons is what you're saying? We're definitely not the Waltons. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, there might be a lot of us, but geez, we're not the Waltons. <laughs> and just say congratulations on, on your brother's, uh, the ba- was it a boy or a girl? Um, so it was a baby boy called baby boy. Owen. So have you, has anybody, you haven't seen Owen yet then, obviously? No, Owen no. is in Sweden. So yeah, we a couple of us were thinking of going over on Easter, the bank holidays, but uh, That's everything has been postponed. But they live in Sweden um, and everything is kind of not really on lockdown there at the minute. But um, as you know, Dennis kind of was, was telling us, it's a bit of a weird time as well over there because all the Scandinavian countries are shut down by Sweden. So it's a bit weird at the minute. Yeah, Sweden have handled the situation completely differently and with great success. Yeah, they have to a certain degree, you know, like, you know, obviously I'm only just speaking, you know, from hearing about, like, from one person. Um, but, you know, Dennis is kind of telling me that even though lesser people are sick, you know, there's actually more people kind of dying, you know, which is the, the sad thing as well about it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it's, as, you know, as he was saying, it's like Sweden is kind of, you know, obviously you have your cities, which are fine, but then you have super, super rural areas that are completely cut off, I suppose, from a lot of civilization. So, as Dina said to me, they're very used to quarantining, first of all, out there. But, too, you know, their their access to healthcare, you know, they can't get into the city kind of quick enough and kind of the sad kind of reality of it as well. 
Okay, all right. Listen, uh, stay safe and uh, best wishes to all of the family. And actually, interesting that you mentioned your your auntie Eileen making the face masks. Uh, she sent us in masks here to us at the radio station as well. Uh, uh, and there's, uh, and they're fa- she's really good. I'll tell you that she's. She's she's a very handy seamstress, I'll tell you oh, that. She's a handy woman to have both, especially when I get a dress with long sleeves or you know yourself when you get an outfit and it doesn't it doesn't suit you and Eileen does her magic and all of a sudden you look a million bucks. <laughs> well done, Eileen. Well done. Listen, stay safe. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch up again soon. You too, Patricia. Thank Thanks you very a million. Bye bye, bye bye. That is Joanne uh, O'Reardon and uh, we ended up talking about all sorts of things but the reason that she joined us was was to promote the All-Ireland FIFA 20 charity online tournament that kicks off tonight at 7 o'clock Insomnia Gaming Dublin is where you can see find this streaming uh, .ie or you can check them out if you go on their Facebook page uh, as well so uh, we wish best of luck to the Cork team flying the flag for Cork in that All-Ireland online tournament 1850-333-103 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls text to WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Cork today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at Mallow College because the vast majority of people have heeded the advice of the experts, we've been able to interrupt the spread of the virus. But unfortunately, we have not stopped its spread. So today's message is that we cannot be complacent and we cannot lose focus. What we're doing is difficult, but it is making a difference. We need to persevere and we need to maintain our discipline and resolve. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, before we get to your calls and comments, I'm interested in your reaction to a story that's making some of the papers today. And it is the implications of this particular piece falls on Catholic schools that reward pupils who attend religious ceremonies. It seems now, according to a case taken at the Workplace Relations Commission, that they are Catholic schools could be discriminating against non-Catholic pupils. It was a ruling taken against a school in County Westmeath who discriminated against a child in a classroom who was an atheist by rewarding his classmates who attended a First Communion choir ceremony, they got free homework passes. But this little boy who was the atheist, who didn't go to the First Holy Communion choir ceremony, he didn't get the pass for no uh, homework. Now, obviously, this ruling that's come out is going to obviously now have implications for all Catholic schools. And 90% of primary schools in this country are Catholic And many of them organise religious events and they incentivise children to attend the religious events. That's going to have implications for really all Catholic schools in this country. Now, what what happened here was, and the case centres around this little boy, and it was the mother took the case. And it seems the mother of the child said that her little boy came out of school and he was very upset and he felt that he was being penalised because he was given homework because he didn't attend the choir ceremony. Now, I imagine what happened was there was First Holy Communion on the Saturday and on the Monday, the children that had taken part in the First Holy Communion ceremony in that 
they were the choir and if you've ever been to a First Holy Communion event that's normally what happens the little boys and girls of second class are making their communion and then it's normally a choir made up from one of the other classes will be you know the choir in the church helping out the kids that are making their communion and you know just giving giving more music inside in the church so obviously that class that turned up on the Saturday morning for the first Holy Communion ceremony and sang their little hearts out when they went to school on Monday the payback and the thank you from their teacher was you don't have to do any homework but in the middle of that class was this little boy who didn't attend the first Holy Communion event and his mother argued that he didn't attend and he didn't have an option to attend because their family are atheists and they don't go to Mass. So she said the little boy came out of school and he was crying. Now she didn't want the little boy named but she doesn't want her, her son identified and she said on that day my son was the only child in the class who hadn't participated in the First Holy Communion choir and the reason for that was he was the also the only non-Catholic child in the class so therefore he was the only child of the class who went home with homework that day but she says we're atheists and that is not a choice that is open to him to attend the choir at Mass on the previous Saturday. Now the school submitted in the hearing that the claim was wholly unfounded and said all children regardless of their religion are able to participate in in the ceremony that they, they did not say you can't be part of the choir because you're not a Catholic. Everybody, it was open to everybody to attend. But obviously this family being atheists made the decision that no, their son wasn't going to go along and sing at the Mass. They also say as a Catholic school, it, it enjoys a proud tradition of participating in religious ceremonies and that the music, music was an integral part of that. It added that its code of behaviour provided that all children who participated in extracurricular activities or events on behalf of the school always receive some kind of reward for doing it as a kind of a thank you from the school and this is something they do they reward the pupils and what better way to reward the pupils on a Monday than to say no homework because the children absolutely would love that so the mother and the family in question here decided to go to the Workplace Relations Commission claiming that their son had been discriminated against and the commission found that the little boy had been discriminated against under the Equal Status Act on the grounds of religion. It found that the parents were deeply hurt and upset to the point that they've removed their boy from the school. He's now going to a different school and the Commission rewarded them with €5,000 in respect of discriminatory treatment and ordered the school to review its policies to ensure it complies with the provisions of the Equal Status Act. A notice to this effect now has to be placed in a prominent position within the school the school didn't respond to a request for comment on the findings yesterday according to a piece by Carl O'Brien the education editor uh, in the Irish uh, Times but that is a case now that it is it is going to have implications for all Catholic schools who organise any kind of religi- religious events and if they do it and in order to get children to attend the religious events they put in a little incentive like that half day from school or no homework or whatever it is or an extra hour of PE for the children that uh, take part they will now no longer be able to do it. Your thoughts welcomed uh, on that it's just in the middle of all the COVID-19 stuff that's in the paper to me it was a case that uh, stood out Talking of COVID-19 yesterday when we were on air we were speaking with the still the Junior Minister of the Department of Health uh, Jim Daly and he was talking we were talking in the main about Clonakilty Community Hospital and the sad news on the number of people who have passed away at that facility because of COVID-19 and of course Jim Daly now is working as a volunteer 
at the uh, hospital and helping the hospital out and in today this the story is picked up in today's papers in the examiner there is a piece that relatives of residents in Clonakilty Community uh, Hospital have spoken of their heartache of not being able to go in and see their loved ones since the restrictions were put in place while some residents have recovered after contracting the virus 10 people now according to today's uh, paper have passed away at Clon Hospital as a result of the outbreak. The clampdown on access came after the first case in Cork was confirmed. That was back on the 5th of March and with very few limited exceptions there was no visiting at any Cork Kerry Community Health Care Hospital since the 20th of March. Now a relative who doesn't want to be named speaking to the Irish Examiner today says people are scared about what has happened. It's difficult not being able to see for yourself how your loved one and your relative is doing. The worry, they worry themselves too and wonder when they will be able to see us again. Everyone's in the same boat. It's very frustrating. And when the HSC first confirmed COVID-19 had entered the community hospital in Clon, it did announce a raft of measures that have been put in place to deal with the situation. For example, there's a COVID-19 team of experts they were drafted in to uh, handle the uh, outbreak. But I know when I when we were talking with Jim Daly yesterday, I was very, very conscious of that, of relatives who have a loved one at the facility because it's a much loved facility and the workers are doing their very best. But I was very conscious and they were very much in my mind when we were talking about it uh, yesterday. Uh, and, and I suppose that's why I was at pains to ask Jim Daly, if, if, if you have a loved one in Clonakilty Hospital, and God forbid they get diagnosed with COVID-19, are the family informed? And he said, yes, absolutely they are. Because the HSE are not commenting on how many staff members or how many residents have tested positive for uh, COVID-19. Now, they have said that no staff member has passed away due to the virus. But uh, So the 10 deaths have been 10 residents of Clonakilty Hospital. But they're not giving figures on how big the outbreak is. I mean, we talk, we constantly hear about clusters, but a cluster is anything over five people, isn't it? Once there's five or more in a setting, it's deemed a cluster. And the fact that 10 people have passed away, um, they're well gone past. It, it definitely is a, a cluster. So we think of uh, the relatives, but we also think of the staff and all of the residents at the hospital and we want to keep all of them as safe as uh, possible and the Corda Clonakilty Community Hospital Group are doing 24 hours of a fundraising blitz in Clonakilty. It's starting now 12 noon it got underway and it runs through until 12 noon tomorrow and it's to support the staff at the hospital and this is a lovely idea. All money's raised is going to go towards buying vouchers from businesses which are temporarily closed in the town so that the economy of the town is going to get a benefit out of this and then it's going to be given to the staff at the hospital. The centrepiece of the fundraising blitz is a 24-hour continuity walk and it's made up of 48 30 minute slots. Now God help whoever picked the graveyard shifts and have to have to do the walks in the middle of the night. But the mayor of the town Michael O'Neill is doing the first 30 minute slot. He left Asna Square under Garda ex 
escort about 20 minutes ago. So he nearly has his 30 minutes done. And the local Chamber of Commerce have organised a virtual coffee morning. Numerous sporting organisations are also organising separate fundraising to support the worthy cause. And they're saying to people, if you would like to support the frontline staff at Clonakilty Community Hospital, you can pop along to the Corda stand, which is in the town today and will be there tomorrow morning again, adhering obviously to social distancing rules. And you can make a donation anytime between now and 12 noon tomorrow. You can also log on to a special GoFundMe page which has uh, access from the Corda Facebook page. So good luck to everybody involved in that. A blitz across Clonakilty to raise money for the wonderful Clonakilty Community Hospital. And we've been mentioning and talking on the programme about the numbers of different ways that people are coming up with fundraising. I mean even today speaking with Johanna Reardon about that FIFA 20 and that online all Ireland, all 32 counties are taking part and there's just lots of different ways that that people are just using, thinking a little bit outside at the box. Even Ronan, the PE teacher from Bandon, doing the four four miles in four hours, every four hours in four days. Just very, very creative. And the front page of the Irish Times today has a gentleman by the name of Stephen Donnelly who is doing a an Ironman challenge in his backyard and he is going to swim and he's doing it today so I'm, I'm assuming he's in the middle of it as we speak a 3.9 kilometre swim followed by an 180 kilometre cycle and then followed by a 42 kilometre run and he's doing it all in the back of his house in Ballina in County Mayo how, how is he doing it? Because he doesn't have a swimming pool he got a modified builder's skip that's serving as his swimming pool so he got one of the very large builder's skips and he's lined it with kind of like a black plastic filled it with water and then using a band akin to a bungee cord he effect- effectively swims on the spot how clever is that and he's doing that for 3.9 kilometres then out of the pool and he'll get on to the bike there's an exercise bike there where he'll do 42 kilometres no 180 kilometres on the bike and then beside that there's a treadmill where he'll do his 42 kilometre run. It's just incredible. And he is, as I say, he's doing it today. I don't know whether he started or not, but I'm assuming he has. And money's raised from today's event is going to Mayo Meals on Wheels a Mayo Hospital's COVID-19 fighting fund. So another one of those little community hospitals that we're talking about. But uh, best of luck to Stephen Donnelly. I think that's got to be a first somebody doing an Ironman challenge in his backyard. 1850-333-103. Sadie and John Paul are taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie And some of the creative ways that people are coming up with to raise funds the Cork Cancer Care Centre they've got their Walk with Warriors fundraiser which kicks off today they're asking people to walk for 30 minutes per day between now the 1st of May and the 31st of May and it's to honour Cancer Warriors and you can donate to Cork Cancer Care Centre full details available on their Facebook and on their web page and as we know the Darkness and Delight fundraising event for Pieta House has been uh, is not going ahead this year but they're looking for people to support them at a sunrise event on Saturday the 9th of May so that's tomorrow week you're asked to get up at 5.30 in the morning and share a sunrise moment using hashtag DIL2020 and then you donate at darknessintolight.ie or by visiting www 
pietahouse.ie and help them to continue the fantastic work of Pieta House. For listeners that are cocooning at the moment and need physiotherapy advice, a reminder to you that Carberry Physiotherapy have are offering um, a list of HSE validated exercises. It's on their Carberry Physiotherapy Facebook page and it's to encourage older people, please, to maintain mobility. And the Mizzen Volunteer Community Outreach Group are supporting listeners in the Mizzen, Kilco, Ballydehab, Skull and Goleen areas. Their helpline number available at 087-3612691. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. Okay, I don't know if anyone can help us with this one. Tony and Donnell has just been on to us. He is cocooning at the moment. He's had uh, pneumonia, so he's staying indoors and really looking after himself. But he's got a problem in that his phone, his mobile phone, isn't working. He brought it into a shop before he became unwell and was advised he needed a new one. But he didn't get a chance to buy a new one because he got sick with pneumonia. And now he is without a mobile phone. And of course, all the... The, the COVID-19 the mobile phone shops are closed so he's wondering if anybody out there has an old phone that works and there's got to be now ideally I would say somebody around the Donneril area would be great if we found somebody surely I mean I people buy phones and then they keep the old ones I mean there's, there was a big push at one stage for us to recycle phones but you may still have an old phone somewhere so it doesn't have to be fancy he's not looking for a smartphone or anything like that he basically needs a phone that he can plug in and I'm assuming he's got a SIM card and all of that that can so if the doctors need to contact him or if he needs to contact anyone do, do I take it from this he doesn't have a landline or anything I don't know how he's made contact he's no landline either I don't know how he made contact with uh, John Paul but obviously somebody contacted us on his behalf we have all of Tony's details and a person can leave it at his door uh, to avoid contact and all of that and we'll do social distancing anyway ideally I think if we could find somebody in the Donneril area would be terrific so if uh, anybody has an old mobile phone that they're not using and would be willing to pass it on to somebody in need. 1850-333-103. Let me go to Pat, who is in the uh, lock, who's got a problem with Aer Lingus <laughs> and, and a flight. Uh, good, good morning to you. Ah, join no, the queue. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, everything is fitted into where I am at the moment. My wife, I'm 77. She's 76 and we're cocooning. Okay. Yeah, and we're blessed, really, because we have a lovely back garden, we have lovely neighbours, and I'm able to do things, because I like the garden, and such, basically. But um, I was just listening to this regarding the need of cars. Now, I've never, I, I've cocooned myself for longer than some people, probably. I think I'm nearly nine weeks now, and that's the truth, okay. out the back of Mojave. You know, I decided 
look, I'm going to do this in my hand. So the car's out in the front. And my insurance is getting so dear every year. It's it's frightening to be to be waiting to what's happening next year if I'm alive. Then I was thinking we went on to play, uh, air, airplanes, etc., etc., and, and holidays. Now we've gone to them in Sweden, and we every alternative they come to us in the Christmas. The following Christmas we go to them. They come to us in the summer. We go to them in the following summer. So we do it that type of way, you know, yeah. to see the grandchildren. Yeah. And we booked in December to go to to Sweden, and we we used to go through Dublin to Copenhagen and a weekend. So we changed it. We got a, a flight from Cork to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to a place called Vaxio in Sweden, which is much easier. And even for the sake of the extra few euros, it was was, was brilliant. There was no waiting, no nothing. Everything went so smooth, no hassle, no tension because it just all the bags were. But when we booked this year, in December, to kind of get it as cheap as we could, and of course it's through Aer Lingus, KLM and British Air, they're together with us, basically, and it, it was okay, it was oh, 250 euros, I think, each, which is okay, because it's, it's so simple and so easy and so stress, stress-free. But when the pandemic came, or when the, the virus, let's say COVID-19, we had to go, obviously, everything was stopped. So we got on... I can't do it, but we got friends to try and help us to do it. We got on to try and change the date to push it to September, late September, hoping we'd be able to go then, you know? And they charged an extra 79 euros each for that. And I'm thinking, like, at the time, it was, oh, that's okay, we, we'll have to suffer it, etc., etc. But now I'm thinking, surely they should have at least said, look, that's okay, we'll do the booking, we'll change the booking to September no extra charge. But we did, we sent it like nearly 80 euros extra each. And I was trying to think, same as the insurance on the car, hoping that something kind of, I said, okay, even if it's only a couple of hundred euros, it's a hundred euros and fifty, it's okay that way. So where do we stand? Where would you think we will be standing? Okay, when, when, were the, when was the flight due to go? March. Okay, so that, did that flight get cancelled? That flight was cancelled, yeah. Okay. Were you offered a voucher instead of changing the dates? Well, to be honest, no, Patricia, we didn't even realise it. We just wanted to get off to them later on the so we went away. And we said, we'll read yeah. okay. You see, when Hopefully, you read the small yeah. print, when you read right. the small print on Aer Lingus, they do say yeah. that. They're encouraging people to change to a later date in the year. That's what they want people. I mean, you've done exactly what they wanted you to I do. Did, yeah, we did that, yeah. And it does seem very unfair that you were almost penalised, but they do say that, that there could be a fair, dif- a fair oh, difference, uh, which is very unfortunate. But what I've realised the best thing to do for those flights is to yeah. take the voucher because they're offering a voucher uh, they were I don't know if they still are gotcha, they were offering yeah. a voucher plus 10% so say mm. you paid 500 euro on the two tickets they'd yeah. have given you a voucher for 550 back which oh, would have helped towards the cost of the 79 euro extra but it does mm. seem I know the point you're making it does seem very unfair that you're obliging them by saying you could have looked for a refund on your ticket to get your money back, but yeah. you want to leave it with them, you want to travel with them again, Correct. and then the sting in the tail is they charge you extra for it. It does seem <laughs> very mean-spirited. 79, Yeah, it seems very mean-spirited. And you've changed the dates to September. September, yeah, late September. Late September. Sure that we'd be kind of 
you know, we were trying to push it as far as we could. Yeah. And would me. you be anyway nervous about travelling in late September? Uh, I'm not, uh, just to say you got it. No, no, not really. No. Not really. No, 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 I would not. We've actually, as I said, we've been out and out two Christmases so far. And they've come here as such, you know. Very we've cold at Christmas. Uh, where he is now, he's down bloody south as such, where he is, and him and his wife and the two, two grandchildren. They're down, like, before we used to go to Copenhagen, up to Dublin, and to Copenhagen, a big long train journey to a place called uh, uh, Brokul is where they're living. And he's collectors where there's no simple different. But they're down that low. They're down very low as such, basically, you know. Do they're they get the snow? Do they get a lot of oh, snow? Oh, they do. They but do they again, they wouldn't get the snow that you get if you travelled in or going up towards Stockholm. Yeah. If you understand and when I mean. you're talking to your son now, because Sweden has been seen as one of the great countries who seem to have dealt with COVID-19 by far the best. Well, the and they didn't go into lockdown. No, well, the girl before you there, and I was talking about Sweden as well, which is just listening to, and he said the same. He says, actually, in Stockholm, uh, and where's the other big, Malmo. Yeah, Malmo and, in Sweden, yeah. And, yeah, he said, there's three other cities that got, uh, they, they were under pressure all right, as such, even though they've kind of locked it down. But as the girl said, he's out in the countryside. I mean, when I go out there, I went out there for the couple times for a month at a time. It's too long, because... I didn't want to go driving on the wrong side of the road. And you need to drive. If you don't, you just have trees and more trees and lakes <laughs> and more lakes. <laughs> and you're a city man. I Look, listen, I love the city. I love the country. I, yeah. love, I love the country. I listen to your show most Tuesday mornings, bad late, you know, for the last time, every week down in Killer. Yeah. In the morning, your show is the one after Pete, after, yeah. um, no, after uh, Marty. We listen to Marty. Oh, yeah. I, and to a of, I go down to a friend of mine there. We listen to Marty. Next thing, then we're on to you. Oh. So, <laughs> so it's great. Listen, that's all. I, I, thanks for taking the no call. No problem, no problem. And listen, stay safe and, and continue to, to cocoon away. And sure there might be oh, a bit of news for you today when, when Leo gets to speak. There might be some easing. Thank God. Please Thank God. God. Thank Mind yourself have fast. Have a lovely day. And God you too. Lovely to talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lovely to talk to you. That is uh, Pat joining us in the lock. And Catherine was on from Bandham. She was watching a bit of daytime TV earlier this morning and there was a programme on on with a travel expert from the UK who was saying we won't be going very far this year in that we won't be travelling to, you know, to Spain and France and further afield for the sunshine holidays. And this travel expert in the UK says the only place we'll be able to go is either Ireland or the Channel Islands. That'll be the only place open to us. That kind of unnerved Catherine in Bandon uh, who said nothing against people from the United Kingdom. They're more than welcome to come here but would be a bit nervous until we know for sure that everything is okay here. Will there be a lot of planes and uh, boats coming in? Well, there's very little planes and boats coming in. Anything coming off the ship are... It's just the cargo that's coming in and the flights. I think 90% of flights are gone. Again, there's, I think there's, there's a cup. There's, is there a flight a day going out of Cork Airport? I don't know if it, don't go, if it goes every day to Heathrow and that's, it's, it's kind of essential services and it's bringing people over and back and obviously it's got cargo in the hold.
cold uh, as well but there isn't people have this thing that there's huge you know that there's planes loads of planes coming and plane loads of people are arriving and for the May bank holiday will there be people coming off the ferry there isn't there's very very little uh, coming off the ferry now will that change as the summer goes on I don't know there already has been talks about uh, about trying to open up the tourist industry in this country because that's an important industry for the economy but will people be nervous about visitors coming from overseas even just across the waters in the United Kingdom absolutely absolutely and what you know we're doing well we still have too many deaths with over a thousand people having passed away in Ireland and and we think of every one of those families who've lost a loved one but it's nothing compared to what's happening in the United Kingdom and the amount of COVID-19 is there so I think that's going to make people very nervous until we have a vaccine I think people are just going to be very very nervous about either travelling themselves or welcoming tourists from uh, overseas 1850 Texter says is the doll bar opened I heard it is no it isn't and we checked <laughs> we checked to make sure the doll bar a doll Aaron closed on the same day that all the bars closed all over the country. Hi Patricia I would love to see more people holidaying in Ireland. We have many great affordable hotels in West Cork. You can avoid the expensive hotels in Killarney which by the way are priced up for the US and the golfing market. Stay in West Cork. It'll allow you to do day trips to County Kerry if that's where you want to go. Our government must reduce the tax rate on hospitality. It should never have been increased. Tourism is the backbone of many areas in West Cork and in County Kerry says this listener. How right you are. And Thank you to Mick from Yall who sends in a text to thank John Paul who John Paul helped him out yesterday by putting a couple of calls through to Mick's telephone provider because he was without Wi-Fi and that's been sorted out. Glad to hear that's been sorted out. We're probably and hopefully going to try and get to it next week because I don't know how many other people it's affecting but we are hearing from uh, people who are having problems with their internet provider in that here's an example hi Patricia listening to your chat with Joanna Reardon about online gaming I'm with Imagine and they have cut my broadband down to one megabyte as they say I broke the fair usage rule the lads now in the house no internet no Facebook nothing one megabyte only please don't use my name Uh, I have a very stressed household at the moment and I could imagine that you would have a very stressed household at the moment uh, if if the broadband is gone. And I don't know what age the lads are. Do I take it they're teenagers? And I don't know how many others have been contacted by their phone provider to say uh, you've broken the fair usage rule. And normally the fair usage wouldn't affect any household but because more people now are working from home our children are at home teenagers are at home and people are using streaming services and Netflix and as I say people working from home people are going over what's deemed fair usage but I think it's very mean of the companies to be clamping down on people like that because this is exceptional times challenging times unprecedented times and we will try and see if we can do something see are any of the politicians getting involved trying to pressurise the phone and the broadband providers not to do that because it just seems very, very unfair indeed. 1850-333-103. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. 
Incorrect information or fake news about COVID-19 can be harmful to all of us. False stories about potential treatments or new restrictions only create divisions and distrust. If fake news is shared, it can risk reducing the effectiveness of efforts made so far. It can have real and damaging consequences on all the work being done to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Before you press share, think, is it from a trusted source? Can you fact check the information with the World Health Organization? Is it a joke? Are other sites reporting this? What are their sources? Fake news is out there, and it's everybody's job to check and question the information they receive before passing it on to some. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Someone else, no matter how well intended it is, think before you share. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And we are going to get some suggestions for movies during this uh, lockdown. Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, joins us. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. Okay, and you have a movie called Extraction and then there's another movie called Onward. We have a clip from Extraction. Watch out, get down! You want to survive? You do exactly as I say. Understand? Shh. Clock's running, Turner. Move fast. Stay low. All right, kids, you trust me? No. Good. We can't get you wrong. We'll get you. The wonderful Chris Hemsworth in a, an action-packed thriller, I take it? Yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, and he plays the character of Tyler Rake. And I was only, I was only thinking, that's a really movie star name, isn't it? Yeah. Tyler Rake. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I think, I don't know if there was an in-joke or not, because at one stage somebody gets killed by a garden rake We're in a really nasty scene where I had to look oh. away. So I, I, oh, I, even I, I do wonder about that. I, I do wonder, was that a bit of an in-joke? Yeah, because to me, this is an extraordinary amount of violence in this film. Um, it's a Netflix film. So, I mean, we've been talking about some of the Netflix films over the past couple of years where basically they're, you know, Netflix give them people money and just go, look, do whatever you want to do. I, it works sometimes, but there are times when it hasn't worked, when, you know, the, the directors and producers tend to get a little bit kind of self-indulgent and kind of Netflix just seems to go, yep, yeah, off you go, it's fine. Um, that's not really so much the case here. Uh, although it could have done with a little bit of trimming, I think. Uh, it's directed by a guy called Sam Hargrave. Now, he is a stunt coordinator, and uh, we've had stunt coordinators make films in the past where basically, like Sam here, they're interested in action, and they're not really interested in anything else. They're not really interested in script or background. They just want to fill two hours of action, and that's the case here. Uh, it's written by Joe Russo, who uh, is, was involved in the kind of Marvel universe. And basically, they've sat down and they've gone, OK, what's been the most successful kind of action film of the last couple of years? John Wick, all three movies. And so, therefore, it's very much kind of uh, filmed in that kind of very John Wick way, in which people just die constantly from the start right to the end. It's just nonstop action the whole way. And in fact, there's a scene in the film which lasts for about 15 minutes. It gives the impression as though it's kind of one continuous scene, which is very cleverly done. 
Uh, but the amount of, uh, um, uh, you know, violence in this film is quite extraordinary. So, you know, one of my worries, of course, is that people at home might think, look, you know, there's this new action film with Thor, uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, let's sit down and watch it. This is an 18-third film, so please keep that in mind. It is extraordinarily violent, and some of the action I really had to look away at sometimes because it's um, it's quite gratuitous at times. And it's quite frustrating because some of the action sequences are extraordinary. And, you know, they obviously work very, very hard on them. Chris Hemsworth, of course, is a very muscular kind of um, uh, actor. And so, therefore, it comes across really well doing these scenes. They've obviously had to practice and work on them. And they've made a very, very good job of a lot of the action sequences. Unfortunately, about an hour in, you do get tired. You get tired of people just dying constantly. And you do want a break from it. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. It's like this kind of roller coaster of violence going from start to finish. And that's what's frustrating about it. And is there a storyline running through it all? <laughs> this is the thing. Um, you know, obviously, the director and the writers aren't particularly interested in the storyline. I mean, the extraction refers to the fact that uh, Tyler Rake, movie star name, um, is a mercenary. And he's given a job uh, to go to India because one drug lord's son has been kidnapped by another drug lord. Uh, these completely horrible, nasty pieces of work. I mean, I'll give you an example. Maybe, you know, just to, just to it's a bit of a spoiler, but to warn people here, you know what I mean? Just to, there's a scene where they point out just how violent and nasty these people are, where they throw a young boy off a building. Ah. And, and, you know, you kind of think, if this was made by some of the top kind of movie studios in America, you'd kind of think, well, we won't put that in, but here they do, and they've left it in. And that's the kind of level of violence. It's really, really quite shocking at times. You've got to keep that in mind. Also, I think, maybe because Joe Russo and Sam Hargrave have come from the Marvel Universe, they think that the um, that people like Chris Hemsworth and the bad guys in these films are superheroes because they fall from heights of about 20, 30 feet. They land on their backs in concrete, get back up again, <laughs> and walk away. And there's another, you know, scene, another spoiler, sorry about this, where, you know, one of the guys gets hit by a truck traveling at about 50 miles an hour. He flies through the air about 20 yards through the air, hits another truck coming the other way, Two scenes later, he's up and about and walking. And that's where, that's where for me, it kind of loses, it, it loses me because you think, well, look, come on, at least have some kind of basis in reality. But it is, it's just this nonstop orgy of kind of violence from start to finish. Some of it is excellent. Some of it not so great. A lot of CGI. Some of the CGI doesn't really quite work, which makes me wonder, did they hurry up the film because they knew uh, that... Um, because of COVID-19, that uh, oh, yeah. you know, it was all going to shut down. I wonder, it looked, some of the scenes looked as if uh, it was hurriedly put together. So keep that in mind. It's not for the kids. It's Dave insert. It's for adults only. Um, if you like your action, you're going to love it. But if you like a storyline, there ain't none here. You're, you're coming to the wrong movie. Okay, so Extraction, mark it out of 10? I'll give it 7. 7 out of 10. Okay, and then you went to the other end of the scale. Of having watched that, you needed to calm yourself a little bit. <laughs> so you have uh, an animated uh, and a comedy. Yeah, it's onward. It's Pixar. And ah. yeah, and you know, the problem with this is that I think it suffers in comparison to what Pixar have done in the past. Ah. And I think that's a terrible, terrible shame because people, a lot of the reviews that I read from people are going, no, yeah, it's not as good as Toy Story. It's not as good as Nemo. It's not as good. That's not the point. And I think that's unfair. Um, because compared to everything else, of course, it being P- Pixar, it is as good as you would hope and, and want it to be. Uh, Dan Scanlon is the director. Now, he did, to be fair, did direct one of the kind of um, maybe the less successful Pixar movies, Monster University. But in with this film, I think, um, you know, he's restored his reputation again. 
because from start to finish, this is absolutely terrific. It's fun. It's heartwarming. I did cry at the end. <laughs> and like I tend to do with uh, a lot of Pixar movies, not as much as Coco. If you haven't seen Coco, if you have seen Coco, you'll know exactly what I mean. If you haven't, you should go and see it. Um, so it's about two young boys who, um, they've lost their father when they were very, very young. The older boy does slightly remember uh, remember him. They live in a world of magic, but the magic it doesn't exist anymore because people think it, it shouldn't be part of our lives anymore. So, But one, one day when one of the younger boys reaches his 16th birthday, they find that their uh, father has given them uh, access to a spell, which will bring him back for 24 hours. Uh, the problem is when they try to put the spell together, it doesn't really quite work. And all they bring back is his bottom half. So all he is is a pair of jeans and a pair of shoes. So therefore, they realize that there is another way uh, of um, of restoring the spell. Uh, but it's at the uh, it's at the end of a, like a, a long journey that they have to go through. Um, and so once they do that, of course, they get to know each other because, uh, you know, they've never really had a great relationship together. Uh, once, of course, they're being pursued by the police and and. Even worse, their mother, uh, played by uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus here. Uh, both uh, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt play the brothers. They're terrific. They're, they're, they're very, very good. Uh, Tom Holland's American accent is fabulous. It's heartwarming. It's sweet. It's um, The standard of the animation is extraordinary. And I loved it from start to finish, I have to admit. And it's exactly what you need, isn't it? A complete distraction and it's something that the whole family can sit down and, and enjoy. Yeah, unlike Extraction, everybody can watch this. Yeah. And uh, it's super fun and sweet. And look, you know, it's Pixar and it's Pixar at the top of their game. Okay, well done. Well done. Mark it out of 10? Uh, nine. Nine. Uh, there, is references. there is references, by the way, if you do watch it, just keep it up for references to uh, Indiana Jones. Okay. Uh, they, they play tribute to Indiana Jones and a couple of really, really sweet scenes. So keep an eye out for that. Okay. Uh, All right. Enjoy. We'll talk next Friday. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Uh, that movie, by the way, is called Onward. Uh, okay, some of your texts coming in just to wrap up. Uh, hi, Patricia. We must congratulate the production team and the crew for the magnificent half-hour production of Building Ireland featuring Alihi's Copper Mines in the parish of Alihi's on the tip of the Bear Peninsula. This was on last night. This was a gorgeous, gorgeous programme. It really exposed the awesome and most spectacular scenery that you can find in this country. The magnificent camera shots of the internal mine works and the dangerous work that those brave miners carried out for a living. A massive thank you to all involved in the uh, production. It was on last night. I'm assuming it's uh, the Michael and Castan Bear. Thank you for that, Michael. I'm assuming that it's on the player. If you if you didn't get to see it, it really is quite spectacular. Some of the, the some of the cinematography on it is excellent, excellent, excellent uh, camera scenes. And back to the gentleman who contacted us because he's broadband and phone is with Imagine and they've cut his broadband down to one megabyte. They say he has broken the fair usage deal and I was wondering what age the lads were. He's back on to say my lad's 17 and 21. They can't do college work, exam research for projects, university work. My young fella can't do any online school classes. I've sent them an email which they haven't responded to but it's not looking good. I'll let you know if I get a response. And as I say it is something that we've pencilled in to get to. It'll be next week though when, uh, when obviously it's a bank holiday now, so it will be next week before we get uh, to it. And actually as soon as I mentioned imagine a listener says Hi Patricia, I am living in Balanine and I'm also like your other caller with Imagine. They uh, also have contacted me to tell me 
I've gone over my limit. It is very, very annoying. We have a house full of children trying to do homework. Ah, that just is absolutely cruel. As I say, they just, both of those texts just happen to be about the company Imagine, but I think it's happening with others uh, as well. Okay, thank you to some people who've been on trying to see if we can for, if we can sort of phone out for Tom I know John Paul and Sadie are taking calls on that in the meantime this is Tom who contacted us uh, because his phone is broke and he was trying to get a new phone and then the phone shops are closed and he just wants one doesn't have to be a, a smartphone anything at all just to keep tied him over until he can get out to the shops because he's cocooning at, at the moment so hopefully we'll get that sorted before we wrap up uh, today on Leia this is on Leia giving the refunds and I said somebody said that you had to contact me 24 hours to contact and I was saying I didn't I did nothing at all and I got my kiss came into my bank account and a couple of people were on stage but saying yeah I didn't do anything either Patricia and I got my refunds but I think that's for those of us that pay by direct debit because they have all our banking details because Maria Ballinhasic was on to say she did get a text from Leah stating that they needed her bank account details in order to refund her money on her policy She, of course, very aware of all the scams that are doing the rounds at the moment, so she didn't respond immediately. She waited and called them the next day. They then gave her 24 hours to give, for her to give them her bank details. And she was then told that if they don't give us the bank details, then we will issue with a cheque, but you'll have to wait for the cheque. The reason for the delay on the cheque and a payment by cheque is because all of the staff are working from home and obviously they can't issue cheques working from home. They'll have to do it when they're back in the office. But Leia, obviously, they're all working remotely at the moment. So that was the reason for everybody else. If you pay by direct debit or if Leia or any of the other health providers health insurance providers if they already have your bank details they obviously don't need to contact you and you, you don't you don't have to do absolutely anything at all and it appears to be the same for those of the motor insurance companies that are giving refunds the small refunds that they are giving they are also are not contacting people. It just seems to be people are getting the money back. Um, I'm assuming paid back into their accounts. And Mary in Donnerell, while everyone is cocooning, if you watch TV or radio, nobody's talking about those of us who can't access the internet due to poor coverage. We can only rely on the TV or the radio for our information. So when we see ads in relation to COVID-19 saying log on to this, log on to that a website, so annoying. I don't hear anybody addressing this. And actually, I know I've also had some commentary in from uh, from listeners who are hard of hearing obviously radio is of no use to them either so other issues for us to deal with next week that's where I've got to wrap it up for today thanks to John Paul and Sadie for taking our calls all week they've been very busy and we appreciate all that they've been doing behind the scenes that's where I leave you for today Nick Richards with you for the afternoon enjoy your bank holiday weekend talk to you Tuesday stay safe Court Today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.